fucking ordeal wasn't it kids <laughs> sure what just to, just to start recording we're having a bit of a night here <laughs> oh my god hey everybody <laughs> here to Good do start, folks. fucking Good start. weekly podcast <laughs> yeah yeah exactly weekly podcast um all right well let's just get rolling then so welcome to dance robot dance while this is operating we'll just start <laughs> things probably the best idea yeah. Um, this is episode 58. Uh, I'm Mark. I'm joined by Tim. Hey, folks. And Christy's here. Sup, yo, sup. Uh, <laughs> we're having weird moving around technical difficulties today. So, well, hopefully this shit holds out for the rest of the recording. So, we'll see how it goes. Fingers crossed. How are you guys doing this week? Oh, I just had the longest short week of my entire life. I only worked four days this week, but... Uh... Good, good things happening. Just very busy. Isn't that the way it's supposed to be, though? As soon as you have like a short week, those three, there's three or four days turn just like just bend just, you the fuck over and yeah, rail, just fuck you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Mark just tried to do that to Christy. Christy's Mark just tried to do that to Christy. Yeah, I, I didn't. That wasn't me. No, and Christy kind of looks like Bubbles right now because of it. What's Bubbles? What's she sound like when she's mad? No, Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. Oh. You have that like. Are they under, like under, bubbles? From- you have that underbite uh, face. <laughs> oh yeah. Jesus, Jesus fucking Christ, Julian! We're gonna go to fucking jail. <laughs> no, he just like slapped me around the face. No, like that's gonna sound bad. He just like <laughs> <laughs> he just slapped me around the <laughs> face. Oh, get your meat. hands off! <laughs> Why are you like this? <laughs> None of this is getting cut out. I'm leaving all of this. Oh, in. Just yeah. God. All right. <laughs> So he's just like tapping my face. He's like, you can pick it. Stop watching me and go. This is three and a half hosting. I thought you were going to be in on this week with the defenders. <laughs> oh, yeah, guys. I meant to ask, can Mark be part of this week? <laughs> <laughs> can he join in? He watched the defenders with me. If you sure, if you want to send him the yeah. invite. If, if he yeah, can yeah, get his fucking shit together. Of the week in news, and once you're done dinner, you can join in. Yeah, all right. We haven't had him on in a while. That sounds good. Yeah, we're being yeah. spontaneous, and uh, and what what could possibly go wrong? What could adding possibly a fourth go tonight? wrong? Yeah, especially with a tech fourth person. Yeah, everything's had. going so smoothly so far. Yeah, let's, add, let's, add, a, let's add another fucking monkey wrench to this <laughs> shit show. On the same internet connection as Christy, no less. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> the internet gods are clearly happy with us tonight already. Yeah. So, what's the verdict? Do I need to download more porn or less porn? I was not clear on like. It's more of specific types of porn, I think. Oh, so I got to get back into the weird S&M, like, rapey shit that I like? Is that what yeah, it is? Like, I've yeah. not downloaded enough of that? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, more of the... I'm track. really glad. I'm really glad my mom listens to the podcast to hear me say that. That's, <laughs> yeah. Oh, what I miss. Mark, Mark, Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. listen, listen to oh, the episode. I have to listen to the episode. <laughs> God damn it. Aww. I was talking about how Mark's downloading porn in his parents' basement when they're out of the house at a funeral. Oh, yep, yep, yeah. yep. Yep. Did I ever tell you guys... No, real classy stuff. Yep. Did I ever tell you guys about the awkward uh, conversation I had to have with my granddad once? Because um, I 
had uh, downloaded on LimeWire. I downloaded a bunch yes. of yes. Socks this is an embarrassing and, story with Christy. Yeah, tentacle porn and Granddad yeah. was like, "What's wrong? Why is this on my computer? Did you download this?" And I was like, "No." I wasn't sure if that was going to be the uh, the Avenue Q story or the uh, oh, <laughs> or the tentacle porn LimeWire story though, because both of so those start out pretty similarly. <laughs> I, and then I had to explain something to my to my grandparents. Like grandparents, yeah, pretty much. That's how a lot of Christie's stories. Don't start. listen to the podcast. <laughs> You'd have to share it on your Facebook for her to find yeah. the podcast, Christy. Yeah, we know. We fucking know. <laughs> That's all right. I already friended Christie's uh, Nana and told her about the podcast. You get out of here! You did not. <laughs> That's what we should do. I'm totally doing that. Don't I'm gonna send her a do message. That. Hi, Christie's grandma. I'm Mark. I do this awesome podcast with your don't, granddaughter. You, you should don't have any heart conditions, do you? Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. My granddad actually does. He's been in the hospital like four times in the last month. Honestly, he probably, honestly, your grandparents would probably think it's fucking hilarious. Nope, You're just, nope, nope, nope. I don't know. I always catch, that's what I love about my grandma. I always catch her laughing at my dirty jokes. She'll never admit to it. <laughs> but I always catch her like snickering in the corner when I say something awful, which no, is see, I learn most of my dirty jokes from my from my grandpa, pretty fucking oh. often. God yeah. rest his soul. Uh, oh, see, my nana, she she has a bit of a sick sense of humor, but only when it comes to watching people fall down. <laughs> oh well, we can all enjoy that. My favorite subreddit is children falling down. It is my favorite serious? thing in the world. Yes, That's yes. A he's admitted that on the on the podcast. I've said that on the podcast before. It's it yeah. it, it makes me laugh every time. Oh my I don't God. know why. It's just like toddlers just like toppling over and shit. It's hysterical. <laughs> That's awful. That's why Mark's going to hell. Well, there's more than that reason for me going to hell, <laughs> and that so is I, one I, of the plethora of reasons <laughs> that Mark is going to hell. I'll save you a seat, motherfucker. How does that sound? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Better, better be on your lap. Yeah, <laughs> you're goddamn right it will be. Speaking of your mom, she just liked a link on our page. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's what she does. Mm-hmm. She's great. <laughs> so supportive. So supportive. Wait, um, Karen, are you at the funeral? Pay attention to the funeral. No, Karen. actually, oh my God. the funny part is, mom, mom decided not to go, but she has to work this weekend. So she's mm. here. But she has to work like long shifts, like she's a nurse. So she right. does. So you still had to would have had to dog sit. So I still had to dog sit. Plus, it gives me an excuse to come down and hang out with my dog, which I don't get to do often. So <laughs> with your dog, who's been kidnapped by your dad, by your father, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Per- who is now, a, and she's literally sitting in the living room right now, just waiting for him to come home because she like she doesn't care that I'm here anymore. She's just oh. waiting for dad to come home. That's all <laughs> she cares about. That's so sad. Yeah, it is kind of sad. It's okay. How do you guys feel about getting into some news? There's a lot of news this week. Yeah, there's a lot of news. Tell, tell, us, tell us about some of that news. So this might be upsetting. I don't know if you guys actually want to talk about it or not, but have you guys heard about the Joss Whedon situation? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> so allegedly, and I'm, I'm saying allegedly because he hasn't said anything back, but his wife has put out a statement saying that he is kind of a piece of shit. And has been was philandering around on him, on her, on him, Jesus, um, for most of their relationship, and is a fake feminist and all kinds of crazy stuff. So, our uh, our Lord and Savior Joss is taking some fucking shots in the uh, public domain this week. Isn't it always the way? Like you know, people like you just think they're a fucking like absolute hero, but it turns out they've all, everybody's got fucking skeletons in the closet. I'm not saying, you know, trying to justify what he did or anything, but 
nobody's perfect. It's it's a matter of just taking the bad with the good, I guess. I mean, it's shit. It's the thing is that shitty here is that Joss is seen in by a lot of his fans as you know a, a pretty big feminist and shit like that. Yeah. You know, because he has written a lot of great female characters. Um and created a lot of great female characters. Um and sort of dimension. Just sucks that he tried to sleep with them too. Yeah. Yeah. Bumped me out. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to make me like you know his what he makes any less, but uh, definitely makes me see him differently. Yeah, for sure. That was my big takeaway. Is like I I've done a lot of um like the separating the artist from the art kind of thing that has had to happen with me to continue to be a Matthew good fan. Yeah. Um, so this is kind of one of those things where I'm like, I can deal with that and still kind of go back. And I may make me think twice about going back and rewatching Buffy again, even though I've watched it like five fucking hundred times. So it was kind of moot really, but it's definitely something where like going forward, will I be as supportive of his work kind of thing? So, Oh, this is going to be huge for his career. Yeah. It's definitely going to color the uh, Batman or Batgirl project that he's oh, working on God, that girl well he's yeah. also like he was also quasi attached to a cinematic universe supergirl movie that was supposed to be happening at some point why they keep it's a completely separate conversation as to why they keep wanting to double up their characters on tv and in the movies but yeah. that's well, neither got here got a there. Huge stable of characters they could be drawing from absolutely and they still can't seem to get that justice league dark movie off the fucking ground so <laughs> well yeah so that was kind of uh i don't know i don't want to say sad but kind of a, a weird thing to see this week yeah. Um, moving along, we'll get into like speaking of DCEU crazy <laughs> movie stuff. It's been a little bit of a week <laughs> yeah. when it comes to those movies. So, what do you mean? Well, let's get into it. First of all, Gotham City Sirens has been scrapped apparently to in place of a Joker, the Joker and Harley Quinn movie that we talked about previously. I don't know if you were with Jared Leto and Margot Robbie in theory. With, yes. Yeah, in theory, it's supposed to be those two. Jared Leto's gone on record saying he wants to be the Joker for a long time and has plans to stick around for as long as possible. Which, I mean, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't hate the Leto Joker. I, and we've seen so I, little yeah. of it that I would be down for seeing something a little bit more in depth. More, but, but I just uh, found him obnoxious. Yeah. I just didn't think he was needed in that movie to the extent that they used him. I mean... It was pretty masturbatory. It was it was pretty gratuitous for sure. Yeah, uh, it, it was very much like, "Hey, this is a fan favorite character. Let's shoehorn him in here as much as we can." And yeah, uh, yeah. but far um, from the worst things about Suicide Squad. Well, yeah, but that's damning my faint praise. The dance robot <laughs> dance way. The motto <laughs> of dance robot dance. Damning my um, faint praise since May 2016. Yeah, that is much. how we do. Speaking of which, I went back and looked at some of our metrics, not to derail, uh, for some of our old episodes. Like, our first episode has been downloaded, like, over 100, or, like, has, like, over 100, like, unique devices or whatever that have downloaded it at this point. Yeah, uh, which is probably why the rest of them don't have 100 (laughs) unique devices. Even the ones, like, a couple couple months ago are still getting up to, like, uh, above 60. So yeah, like there, there's a pretty steady decline, right? Because people will like start listening and then they'll just kind of catch up. So like we have some episodes that are, you know, maybe six months or so old that have like eighty plus uh, downloads and shit now. So we're actually 
seem to be gaining listeners. <laughs> and that's also unique followers, which I don't know how that actually operates when it comes to like stuff getting filtered through like the iTunes store or like yeah. the Google Play store. So that may not actually function the same way. Like that may just be unique downloads from the Shout Engine stream. So I don't know how it all balances out. So yeah. it may actually be higher than that, but it's yeah. hard to say. Anyway, I don't know. Um, I have no idea when it comes to that stuff. That's yeah. fine. I mean, we don't need you to we've know. Never that, focused on that particularly. I have no l- listenership has never been um, something that we <laughs> focused on. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, yeah. It's, uh, it's not. <laughs> it's not like that's the point of us doing this is for people to listen to it. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Right. Why? Why do you? Why do you do it, Tim? I don't know. <laughs> I just Moving. enjoy. I just enjoy y'all's company. All right, that's what I wanted to hear. Uh, moving right along, I do it um, for the social media presence. <laughs> yeah, obviously, and then you don't share it, and then you don't share it. <laughs> Your grandmother's gonna find it one day. No, oh, it's gonna be <laughs> just just by chance. Just gonna be We're like gonna run the- an ad or something and direct it like specifically at your grandma's demographic. Or we're just going to tag you in something at some point, and she's gonna, it's going to pop up in her feed. She's going to be like, why is Christy being tagged by this weird podcast? And what's a podcast? And why do those two boys say fuck so? Is that Christy? <laughs> I don't Brianna. want her to hear it. I don't want her to hear it because she's this wonderful, beautiful, little Christian woman. Stop pandering to your Nana. Yeah, especially yeah. considering she's not even going to hear this. No, I love her so much. Uh huh. We all love our grandmas. I love my grand, I grow my granddad too, but like, I just don't want, I just don't want them to hear this. But, uh, but that's not the only Joker <laughs> movie related news this week. It's yeah. the weird part. Um, Joker movie. So Joker movie. Um, yeah. the The other thing was the origin movie. So did you you heard about this, right, Tim? Oh yeah. So apparently they want to start branching the DCEU off into separate kind of veins where they can do Elseworldish stories, where they can just have any actor, any director, any story and shoot it and release it. And the first one that they're talking about doing is a Martin Scorsese produced Joker origin story. Ooh. Yeah, I'm pretty fucking down for that. Are you really down for this? I mean, I, I it's probably not going to be like, uh, you know, canon in any way shape or form or like even necessarily uh like based on any particular source material although scorsese has done some stuff you know based on source material that's been fucking amazing so it's i don't know i mean i i mean i i do really enjoy scorsese as a director it seems like sort of uh subject matter that would be up his alley in terms of it being sort of like crime drama kind of thing yeah, but I don't think he's directing it. I think he's just um, producing. I mean, it's this is this is one of those ones that's like report says sort of thing. So it's just yeah. basically fucking rumor at this point. But uh, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. That would be so rad, though. I would see that movie. Everyone would see that movie. That movie would sell out within minutes. And I do love just that general concept of them being able to make movies that aren't necessarily tied into the DCEU. That's one thing that uh, people complain about with the Marvel movies a lot is that, oh, God, I want to see just, you know, a fucking standalone movie. Why does it have to be tied into all these other like 40 movies or whatever at this point? See, like the, the Marvel movies, I feel like as much as they all kind of like are going to feed into the next set of like Avengers movies, I don't feel like you really need to see 
any of them to kind of understand what's going on in that individual movie. You but know that's I mean? because you know. Like for something like Civil War, it definitely would have okay, helped yeah. for you to see the other ones. But something like Ant-Man, for instance. You yeah. Don't really need yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. So like the vast majority, I'm like, you don't need to see like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like you don't need to see all the other ones to get what's going on in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Or Doctor Strange or Ant-Man. Yes, in terms of the ones that are like obviously now kind of tied into the Avengers tightly, you probably need to be up to date to kind of like have seen what happened in the Avengers movie to understand what happened in like Captain America 2 or Civil War or whatever, like that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, And you're probably going to want to have seen most of these movies to go into Avengers 3 because at this point it's just going to be like all the fucking characters together. Yeah. So. But I mean, DC, yeah, DC does have such uh, such a rich stable of imaginary stories and sort of uh, you know they're all imaginary they elsewhere stories. Yeah, but what they call elseworld <laughs> stories that are outside the main continuity uh, yeah. that that are really interesting and could make really compelling sort of one off movie kind of things. So yep. uh, the fact that they are even can if if this report is true and they're even considering going in that direction as sort of an offshoot of the main DCEU movies, then I'm definitely down for that. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't think about it that way. I, I think my concern was just like Joker origin is something that like, I don't need to see ever. Yeah. I think like any of the other rumored movies, like if they were going to go and do like Superman, red sun, or like, I wouldn't have minded to see Gotham by gaslight done by done in like live action, as opposed to the animated movie that we're getting. Cause mm-hmm. that doesn't look great. I saw there's a little preview for it that came out this week. That looks not super great, but um, yeah. Well, what else well, in, that, in that case, are you uh, not going to read the uh, Batman white Knight uh, story that's coming up that actually uh, does reveal uh, Joker's actual real name? I'll look at it out of curiosity. I may not actually take it into my head cannon and leave it there. You know what I mean? Like it may be one of those things that I just kind of read and then ignore because yeah. I do that with a lot of stuff. So yeah, they're, they're spelling it or they're uh, calling him Jack Napier, which is a name that he's had before. That's a pretty good name. Uh, hold on. Hold on. That was the character of the, uh, Say hi. Hi y'all. Hi Karen. <gasps> oh my God, it's Karen! <laughs> Special guest appearance by Mark's mom. Not on I our Facebook page in real life. <laughs> <laughs> That's so exciting. You're oh, actually like really. on the podcast. Not really. Not really exciting. Um, I just came out to say hello. You'll be even <laughs> less excited when we tell you what Mark's been doing in your basement. Hey, Ma- no, no, don't, Tim. I don't want to know. La 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 la. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Just tell Tim up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to find your sister stories. and I'm going to tell tell her things. Oh, my sister. <laughs> does, she, does she listen to your podcast? Uh, she's listened to a few of them. Yeah. Uh, my mom's even listened to a couple of them, although not, not as many as you have, it seems. Well, yep. I know you were talking about Sherlock last week and it was really interesting. I enjoyed that. Good. I'm glad. Right. Karen, yeah, I, sh- I should have got my mom to listen to that episode because she yes, really enjoyed like, Sherlock and she was one of the people that microphone. recommended it. Uh, yeah. Uh, my mom was one of the ones that, well, she, after the fact, recommended that I watch Sherlock because she thought that if she told me to watch it, I wouldn't because, like, who wants to watch what their mom watches kind of thing? <laughs> Mark does that all the time. What are you talking about? You watch what I watch. Excuse me. Who watched Sherlock after I recommended Jeremy Brett? Daddy and I. Well, that was you guys watching it in the house while I was growing up. I didn't have a choice. Can I have my headphones back so I can do my podcast now? Bye, Karen. Take care, everybody. Bye, Karen. Have a nice evening. You too.
<laughs> I genuinely thought the dog was coming Defenders in. Was great. Yeah. <laughs> she just finished watching Defenders, yeah, so she's very excited to hear this episode. So she's so fun. Um, where were we? I don't even know what I was talking anyway, about anymore. Move, moving on, we kind of killed that uh, that topic. Today. Oh yeah, right. Uh, apparently, well, this is kind of tying back into the the Joss Whedon story, but apparently they've made huge cuts to Justice League to the point where um, Jesse Eisenberg was supposed to be in it as Lex Luthor, and apparently it's been completely cut from the movie, mm-hmm, which I'm fucking fine with because. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah, he, oh, God. he sucked in the last one. It was just yeah. like, it wasn't even that he sucked, it's that the direction sucked. Yeah, I still well, don't I think, just, I, don't, I don't think he was terrible. I think he was I think, terrible. I think he sucked, he sucked. But I, I don't I, think I, he I didn't was hate bad. Lex. Sorry, go ahead, Christy. Oh, it's okay. I, I just, did, I didn't think he was, I thought he was a bad Lex Luthor because they made, like, they pushed him to be nuts and not nuts in a like you know a good way nuts and we just want the audience to know you're crazy so act crazy kind of way mm, i like the sociopath take on lex i think it's a totally valid take i am not heartbroken that he's not going to be in uh justice league because he's not the you know the main villain in that movie or anything like that i mean yeah. sure it would have been cool to have him in there but um, I'm not one of those pre- people that just want pe- you know, every character to be in there for fan service reasons or whatever. So if it didn't mm-hmm. fit, then it didn't fit. And I'm sure we'll see, you know, the bonus deleted scenes or whatever, and we'll see, see it in the end. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not heartbroken about him not being in there. I hated him in Batman v Superman. So like, that was the part of the movie that like, that pushed me over the edge into like, I don't like this movie was his <laughs> performance. So true but think about it if that's the response that he got he probably changed his method i would hope so but i'm not gonna take that bet at this point i just want i want justice league to be good so that they can kind of get on with things at this point i mean it still feels like they don't really know what they're doing so yeah regardless if it's good or not those movies are still making fucking bank like they don't absolutely give a shit about the uh you know actual uh, critical, uh, critical reception yeah. of them, right? You know, they're they're just if it makes fucking like half a billion dollars, who the fuck gives a shit that the Rotten Tomatoes rating is like thirty percent or whatever? Mm. Yeah, I guess they're trying to sell streams after the fact, but people are just watching them anyway because those characters are in them. So it's almost like they're they're doing the complete opposite of what Marvel's doing. It feels like though, whereas they're just like putting it out there because they can make money off of it. Whereas Marvel, it feels like they're taking the time to like do it right and then making the money on top of that kind of thing so yeah, no and i i agree i mean i i wish that that they were putting out movies as consistently i don't say good because not all the marvel movies have been good but uh i think all the marvel movies have been good i don't think they've all been amazing they've all been watchable there's a couple that mm-hmm. I might not bother going back to, but we'll talk about that someday, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure we can rank all the Marvel movies. Maybe around Avengers 3, we'll we'll get into <laughs> ranking the Marvel MCU as it stands, right? Like a six-hour episode or something. Yeah, we'll have to have all the guests on at that point and like really do a big <laughs> roundtable. We'll have a Paul and Mark number two, and I don't know who else. Mom can come in and join, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Everybody, My whole family will just be on that episode, I think. Yeah. We should um, just have... Um, uh your family have an episode when i when i finish getting all the gear together that i need to do an in-house one um my paul is actually coming home uh at the end of september for a couple weeks like he's coming oh, back to Canada. Like permanently mm. no unfortunately no but he is coming to visit for a couple weeks i may do a bonus episode with him like in in the house with me just as a test run 
just as a test run. Actually, we should invite. We'll have. We'll invite Christy up because she's at least in the area, so she can get to the house. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So the only other. What else do I have? So news. Uh, did you guys see the thing about James Cameron hating on Wonder Woman? No. Yeah, it's it's we're all going back to like two or three scenes. We're going back to DC or themes to DC fucking like shitty shitty uh uh anti-feminist creators and stuff and directors. Well, that's what that's what the news was this week when yeah. I was looking around. Like those were the big headlines to me. It was like this stuff. So, I didn't see anything Marvel related that was like, "Oh, that's big news" because right now they're just in like they're in between movies. Yeah. Kind of thing, so there's no huge announcements happening. It's just like Thor's coming. But in like four months, so okay, we have to wait. Like I mean, everything else is like out there. Let's be completely honest. Wonder Woman was good because it good more in a lot of ways for what it wasn't more than what it was, and that I think is what James Cameron was trying to point out. Although he pointed it out in a really shitty way, like it wasn't yeah. you know glorifying, uh, you know it wasn't overly sexualizing the character and shit like that. Um, and I mean. I I think this is kind of what he was trying to get across is like, okay, there have been people that have been doing this for a while. It's just the first time that it's really been done with like a superhero character uh, or a comic book character. So let's, let's just accept that this is the way we should be doing these movies and move on, I guess. I think is kind of what he was trying to get at, but yeah, he came at it in a shitty way. (laughs) Yeah. He tends to kind of just shoot from the hip these days. He is James Cameron at this point. I don't think he gives any fucks anymore. Like, why would he have to? He's also officially apparently in full production, and I'm doing finger quotes, full production for the three or four fucking sequels to Avatar that I still haven't seen. Yeah. Huh. Well, let's see what happens with that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not uh, super I'm not super keen on seeing any of those, so. Nah. I'm just keen on seeing uh, Pandora at Disney World, because oh, yeah, right. I've heard really Adam good things from my friends on that. I feel like that'll just be magical. That'll be a magical experience. It looks really cool. awesome. And the last thing I have for news, and this is maybe just me who would be excited about this, but Super Troopers 2, which has been in production oh, for what nice. feels like a million years, has a fucking release date of uh, 420 next year. Yeah. So April 20th, 2018, we get Super wow. Troopers 2. Finally, finally. Oh, man, that's so <laughs> rad. Oh, I'm so fucking excited for that I'll movie. Even if it's it like terrible, more times again. Even if it's terrible, I'm excited for this movie because I fucking love that first one. It's one of my favorite movies. Like, it's such a goofy movie. <laughs> it's it. the kind of movie that is so great at being terrible. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and they never put one out that was like anywhere near as good as that one either. So it's kind of like they should have gone. I feel like they should have gone back to this that franchise so much sooner than they did. Like, it feels weird that it's like 16 years later we're getting a sequel to it. So it just there's probably not any way that it can be good, but I'm just like, I don't care. I just want it because I fucking mm-hmm. love that first movie so much. Yeah. I miss those guys making a movies. They're always making stuff, but they're never like, I can't remember the last one. Was it like that salmon movie or something like that? Salmon I don't, know. I don't or some shit. I don't follow the broken lizard stuff really closely. I've, I mean, I've seen most of them, but like, it's not my, it's not exactly up my alley. I don't know, I'm just excited. Super Troopers is like, I love that movie, so I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, I had a couple of, uh, before we move on. you have on. a couple things? I was going to ask before we move on, Tim, Tim, do you have anything to talk about? <laughs> uh, well, the Netflix Death Note show, I don't think any of us are really into that sort of anime kind of thing, but came out and apparently also fucking flopped uh, and was another yeah. example of shitty whitewashing. 
Yeah, we'll have to get Paul on to talk about that one at some point because I'm sure he watched it and was probably just as disappointed as the rest of the world was. So yeah, uh, did you see Matt Reeves talking about the his Batman movie and sort of its place in the DC EU? Well, there was a lot of confusion about it. I thought this week where they were yeah. talking about it, like it was supposed to be. He at one point said it was going to be a standalone movie, which everybody took to be like, oh, it's not going to be part of the DC EU. Mm-hmm. But then he he walked that back to be like. It is, but it is a standalone movie inside the DCEU, which is kind of what I thought it was going to be anyway, which is yeah. exactly what I think it should have been anyway. So that felt like non-news to me. Yeah, so that's true. That is true. I mean, that, that seems to be there have been multiple things like that with that movie where somebody said one thing and then the next day they say, no, actually, it's just what you thought kind of thing. And I don't I honestly am not. I have no idea when that if that movie is ever going to happen. Like, yeah, it, it's been such a problematic production cycle to get that thing done. Yeah, I'd be like, if I were the DC executives, I'd be like, somebody get Nolan to come in and fix this shit for me, please. Or something like that. Get somebody <laughs> to come in and fix it. Yeah. Because they don't seem to know exactly what they want to do there. And it's kind of it's, it's worrisome. It's getting to be a little nerve wracking because that's like, like that's yeah. got to be their key franchise, right? Like if they can't do a Batman movie properly. Yeah. Like, what how are they going to do? Doing? I mean, obviously now they've hit Wonder Woman, like they've hit Wonder Woman and they did it right. But I feel like that feels like a fluke now, almost, because everything you hear about Wonder Woman, like in retrospect, is just like, no, Patty Jenkins had to go and fight for the uh, the No Man's Land scene and like mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And like all this stuff where like the outfit was like her fighting for that outfit and all this other stuff. And I was just like, what? Why is she having to fight for any of that stuff? That should be like exactly what the movie is. So it almost feels like a fluke that they got that movie to work. So that makes me worried about the rest of them. And hearing this news about a Batman movie being like nobody really knowing how to like get it off the ground that I'm like, this should be the easiest one for you to do because there's fucking one, two, three, four, five, five examples of a good Batman movie happening. And I'm including Batman Returns, even though I hate that fucking movie. But like they've they've done decent Batman movies before, so they should be able to get something done. Can't get can't get this one off the ground properly. And it's just like that's bothersome. Like that's worrisome to me. Fair enough. Rant over. Sorry. Uh, are we not going to fucking take a minute to uh, eulogize Viserion? Oh, we could talk about Game of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we would get into that next week because I, that was why we split. Yeah. Like we, we switched up the, the hosting duties for this week and next week because I figured next week would be Game of Thrones recap kind of week. Yeah. And actually have a discussion because we never really had an in-depth discussion about Game of Thrones amongst the three of us particularly. And I thought it would be better for Christy to lead that since she's like Game of Thrones crazy girl. Oh man. That was that was rough. That was that rough. was uh yeah, and I'm still waiting. I feel like I've been waiting forever for a new episode now because I watched the leak of that. So <laughs> I we didn't watch the leak, we waited and How um did you wait? I'm gonna tell I'm gonna be honest, listeners. Last week when we were talking on the podcast and Tim and Mark brought it up, I secretly messaged Mark and was like all right, who died? Prep me. And he told me because I just, I knew I wouldn't be able to handle it. Yeah. I'm glad it wasn't Drogon. If it had to be oh, one of the dragons. It won't be Drogon. Yeah. No, he's kind of like the main one, I think, right? Like he's the one she's always riding. So I think he'll be the one that makes it. I'm yeah. worried about the other one now, though. I'm worried about John's dragon. So yeah. I don't think they'll kill that one either because I think this one was either John's or Tyrion's. I think at this point it's pretty much has to be John's because like they're gonna fuck, so he needs a dragon. Yeah, <laughs> but that's part of my geek of the week. I'll get to it if we can if right. we can pause this until geek of the week. All right, all right. Um, and the only other one, this is also Game of Thrones related though. 
Uh, Christy, did you see the um, Screen Junkies video that was uh, Michael Bolton doing a, a oh my God, song about so the, the King of the North? It was so Game funny. of Thrones song. I thought that you would He's like that given our, uh, given our Lonely Island discussion a couple weeks ago. He's brilliant. <laughs> it was pretty good. Oh, you know what? I missed something. Did you guys? Did either of you guys get a super uh, any like an NES super uh, an SNES classic? I did not. Nah. No. What turned into apparently a total shit show this week, and like yeah. people are pissed. I still have an emulator that runs all those games, so I'm not as pissed off apparently as the rest of the world. But wait, uh, what happened? Yeah, they put the pre-orders out this week, and they all went out at like 4 a.m. And the bots bought them all apparently. <gasps> like they're all over eBay already. Like the pre-sales are all over eBay for like well above $300 a pop when this thing retails for like 80 bucks or something like that. That's shitty. Yeah, so people are pissed at Nintendo right now, so. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, how'd they let that happen? <sighs> I don't know. I think we we kind of talked about it when we when you and I discussed it, Christy. I think Nintendo's just like super into being like the having that item out there that is like the hot topic, <sighs> even if it's like hard to get and like it pisses a bunch of people off. Yeah, they just want to want to be on people's lips. Yeah, which I don't think it's going to do them any favors in the long run. So, but they like, can't really blame Nintendo beyond putting it out at four a.m. No, but like, I don't know. Limiting the way they limit the the numbers on it is kind of what makes it difficult to like justify because they they can't be that fucking expensive to build a whole whack of them. But they're just like they they do that artificial scarcity thing that Nintendo loves doing. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just like it just now at this point, I think it's back. I think it's kind of backfired on them this time because it just like it's pissed people off a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, that's uh, it's pretty spectacular news. Yeah. So let's uh, let's hop into uh, Geek of the Week so that Christy can talk about her Game of Thrones thing. <laughs> Christy, would you well, like to lead our I guess sting? I'll start. I guess we got to go Geek of the Week. Geek, 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 geek. Geek of the week. <laughs> All right, Christy, lead us off since you're... We should have done the Defenders theme. <laughs> I don't remember what oh, that is, though. not really singable. It's no, like... You have to, like, whistle it in four parts or something like that. Yeah, yeah you're right. Should I just say, like, train map over my face, geek? I don't know. <laughs> or, um, anyway. Let's talk about that. We're going to have a conversation about yeah, yeah, my, yeah, my designer yeah, yeah. thing on that. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, so my geek of the week was, I did two pretty geeky things this week. First of all, as a side note, I, I started listening to this podcast by um, my brother, my brother and me, um, that my friend Jacob recommended. It's it's one of their offshoot podcasts called The Adventure Room, and it's them doing a D&D game campaign. Okay. It's awesome. It's like legit so fun i've laughed out loud a number of times and like it's it's just so well done i feel like you guys would like it oh mark's here he is well he's he's in the google hangout he's not in zencaster yet you gave him the zencaster link right i did okay well he'll get here i'm just gonna tell him zencaster honey (laughs) and mute your google hangout mr poopy butthole is in the house oh no (laughs) Hello, Mr. Poopy Butthole. Mr. Poopy Butthole. <laughs> Hello. Oh, no. He got killed. Ah! Ah! Poopy Butthole. Really oh, sorry. Didn't have any bad <laughs> memories with you. <laughs> <laughs> 
I like it when he's like doing his physical therapy and Beth's there with flowers and he just like <laughs> politely asks her to leave. <laughs> um, right. So my geek of the week um, was listening to that. And then also because um, this week at work was nuts, but a lot of it was just me sitting and waiting for a video to render. Um, so I would throw on Game of Thrones theories uh, videos and I just like listened to hours of Game of Thrones theory <laughs> videos. Just like being like, oh, wow. Oh, man. What was the fucking craziest one you heard? Okay. I don't. Mm. The one that I really like is Bran being all of the brands <laughs> and Bran potentially being the trapped in the body of the original White Walker um, that mm. the children of the forest made because he went back in time too many times and they keep warning him about not to do that because he won't be able to come back at some point. Mm. And that's how the Walker knew, the the king of the, the Walkers knew when he'd be there, why he touched him and like um, connected them. And like as the three-eyed raven, he keeps just trying to like fix the past and coming back as different brands but because the timeline is set in stone he'll never do that never be able to do it so that was that was pretty cool um and then the fact the the one about aria being dead and the waif having taken her place and wearing her face uh, that would be i was like no no and someone was like have you noticed that she started like fighting with her right hand instead of her left what about her personality change and think about it she and Sansa were playing the game of faces that's why she said Sansa let's play the game of faces when she went in with Littlefinger but that was the other thing she thinks this Redditor was thinking that um, like Sansa and Arya playing the game of faces are actually on to Littlefinger because the game of faces is actually can you tell which is the lie Mm. so but anyway, there's a lot of stuff about the way for Littlefinger at this yeah. point or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I think the next episode uh, Littlefinger might die. Trying we'll to probably, expose expose Littlefinger. Probably. Yeah. I'd be down. Um, that. Or it'll be yeah. like yeah, it'll be that. There's apparently something called the White Wedding, um, that's coming up from the books theories. And the Billy book. Idol will be there, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's a White Walker, but um, <laughs> there was also. <laughs> <laughs> what was the last one that I was going to say in regards to that? Um, but with Arya being the waif, it's also why Jack and Hagar, or the Faceless Man, when he came up to, when Arya came up to him after killing the waif, everyone's like, well, okay, so she she like received like multiple stab wounds, and like she was barely limping when she saw him, and she was just saying that she was going to like all of these things about being Arya Stark and all of the big things about being Arya Stark. And then Jack and Hagar gives us this little, like, smug side smile. And he's like, now you are no one. Now she is no one. And it's just like, maybe he's saying that to the waif because she's convincingly been able to pull off Arya Stark. And they talk about how nobles are no no use to the faceless. They actually want noble faces, not noble um, people by birthright. Because you can't get in and trust people with uh, a face that's that recognizable. Um, you went so way I was fucking like, deep down that rabbit hole. No, bro, I went way deep. I went way deep. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want it to be true. I don't want it to be true. Uh, and I don't. I don't personally think that it's true. Um, but it's like one of those things where you're listening to it and you're like, oh shit, man. <laughs> that fucking makes Uh-oh. sense. That makes sense. <laughs> shit. Like I don't want Arya to be dead. 
she's everybody's favorite, but what a brilliant way to keep her living and all of the fans to be like, yeah, Arya. And then, um, you know, the sadistic man that he is, um, George R. R. Martin's just like, oh, shit, bitches, she's been dead this whole time. <laughs> shit. I'm sure that's exactly how George R. R. Martin would say it, too. Oh, Go shit, bitches. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't expect that shit, were you? Damn. <laughs> all right all right why don't uh why don't you join us for geek of the week there mark number two go on what is the geekiest thing you did this week took me three times guys sorry <laughs> um a pickle i ring. i played so i played so much sonic mania that was mine <laughs> um, <laughs> I can it was to that. a perfect throwback the game is incredible Agreed. Yeah, I've really, yep. I've been really enjoying it so far. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. Um, that and then I don't know, just regular video game store shit. So, which is all pretty geeky. Yeah, which is super a very, geeky. A, a, geeky, a very geeky livelihood to, uh, yep, to pursue. So that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I was like, um, yeah. So mine, I guess I'll just I'll go and we'll let Tim go after. But I, I've been playing. I that was my thing too. Was I started playing Sonic Mania. And was like, I was never a huge Sonic fan growing up. I was always a Mario guy. But like, this plays like the way I... And it's almost like the way I wanted Sonic to play when I was growing up. This plays like that. Like, it feels so much better than the other games did. So, Oh, I don't um, know about better, man. Like, have you have you played 3 and Sonic and Knuckles together? It's been a long time since I played Sonic and Knuckles. So I'd have to I'd go back and games. play it. I played them yeah, so go, many times. Go back to them. Like, they... They're almost identical to Sonic Mania. Like, are they? Okay, I have to go back because the one I have the fondest memories of was Sonic CD. Like that was the one I think I spent the most time with. Um, yeah, because it got released at some point for PS3, and I remember playing the shit out of it when it got re-released, kind of thing. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So, but like Sonic Mania has been like, it's nice to finally have like a game on my on the Switch that I'm like actually dying to play. Um, finally, oh, wow, you, like you got a Switch, huh? Yeah, I've had one for a while. Did, did Christy not tell you that I, I caved and bought myself one? Because I just saw it on sale. Oh, fair enough. So I picked it up. I've now actually got I've got two because Paul's coming home and he can't get them in Korea yet. I <laughs> bought him one now as Aww. sitting at the house waiting for him to show up. So oh, nice. when he comes into town, he'll have a switch, which he can now hear. Well, he, I've already told him, but he'll hear this on the podcast. Too, so <laughs> he's very excited for that. Nice. Cool. But, uh, All right, Tim. Oh, sorry. You, go ahead. I was, I was wondering if did you notice the throwbacks to any of the old games? Uh, a lot of the levels and stuff like that. I'm not as like I'm not like a crazy Sonic fan, so like I wasn't like like all the little callbacks. I'm probably gonna have to go and like look up and be like, oh okay, cool, interesting, or like play those games again and be like, oh okay, now I get what they were trying to do. But I've I've heard that it's it's really like they've done a lot of work to kind of call back to the old games, which I think is yeah. pretty cool. So, because this game was made like it was, wasn't it like a fan game that Sega kind of brought into the production house, like kind of thing? Um, sort of. Like I, I know the guy that worked on it. Um, he made a few like fan made Sonic games on the side, and yeah. they actually just hired him for a lot of stuff recently. Um, and that's and that's why I think I think Sega's one of the few companies that realize that other people hold this stuff really dear, and they're making their own versions that they'd like to see and they're actually really good um and this guy is definitely um definitely that he just brought everything that he knew about sonic and threw it in there perfect throwbacks um it's fantastic yeah yeah 
Um, yeah, no, I was, I was, I was excited by how well it played. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's dead on. It's dead on. Yeah. So. All right, Very Tim. Cool. All right, I'm going to take us in a totally different direction. So, uh, <laughs> I, my geek of the week was that uh, I actually got to go watch last week's uh, eclipse from the totality zone. Uh, so, Ooh. yeah, so, uh, for those of our listeners that might not remember, might not know, I live in Atlanta right now and, uh, the totality sort of band was passing just like maybe a hundred miles or something like that, like North of where we live. Uh, maybe not even that. Um, so we, uh, drove up into the like mountains in North Georgia and uh, we were originally just going to try and get like just in the path of totality. Uh, but then we got in, had some time to spare. So we went like r- to one of the cities that was like right on the totality. And we uh, just hung out uh, in a, like a field, um, like parked and uh, watched the whole fucking thing. Like we had the glasses and everything and uh, and then like got to see the full eclipse for like two and a half minutes which was just a totally fucking surreal experience like the quality of the light was just really weird and eerie and like it's everything people say like it gets about like 10 degrees cooler because you're not getting the radiative heat from the sun um the fucking cricket started chirping it at like two, two or three in the afternoon kind of thing yeah, it was like two in the afternoon yeah it was two thirty. <laughs> two thirty six was when the totality started where we were um, that's so cool and uh you had like the crazy fucking corona all the way around the uh sun for a couple minutes and uh um when the sun started to reemerge from the other side you even saw like the uh like little um shadow uh snakes or whatever some people call them like sort of the shimmering on the ground as the sunlight passes through all the imperfections on the surface of the moon uh, yeah. craters wow. and stuff that's like that really cool. so it was really fucking cool. So yeah, Alicia and I both went up and did that. And I mean, it took us like fucking five, four or five hours or something like that to drive back afterwards because the traffic was just a disaster. But yeah, uh, totally it was, it was till it was till yeah, it was totally worth it. Um, so the next one will be in 2024, and we'll pass right through. Well, right through where Mark is right now. What do you mean? Yeah. Right, where I am? Yeah, p- right through like St. Catharines, bu- uh, Buffalo, oh. that area. It passes. Oh, I'll right have there. to drive there. So yeah, my sister lives down there. So uh, I'm hoping that, uh, assuming she still lives there in seven years, that uh, we can go in. Well, hopefully you'll be back in place. Canada by then. We can all we can all go and watch it from yeah. there at that point. Yeah. So, so. yeah, no, because I went out that day. Um, I was off that day, so I bought myself glasses and just went out and saw like what we got in the GTA, which was not as impressive as what you guys got. We got kind of a partial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thingy. yeah. So it was it was still it was still kind of a weird feeling to see like the sky get mostly dark at that point in the day, and like yeah, I saw a couple people up and down the street like looking directly at it, and I was just like, have fun being blind in a couple <laughs> years, idiots. Like, that's neither here nor there. Trump's pictures. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there a rapper who recently looked at the eclipse? And, uh, <laughs> had to cancel his, yeah. Yeah, he had to Bad cancel his show. <laughs> he, was, yeah. he, was totally, he was totally getting too cocky about it. He's like, oh, you know, I, you know, it's it's all right. No one no one gets hurt by these things, all this shit. Yeah. And then three days later, he had to cancel all of his. That's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, I mean, we so we had uh, a fair amount of cloud cover, like, just leading up to the eclipse. Um, it luckily it cleared like just as the eclipse was happening. So it meant that like we could see the eclipse, like without the glasses through the cloud, uh, which was really cool to get to see that as well. Um, so like there were times we were watching it like through the clouds without the glasses, but, uh, the Hmm. clouds and stuff, you know, block enough of the, 
bad radiation and stuff that it uh, we didn't go blind. <laughs> that's so funny, though. Yeah, it was really cool. Nice. That's very cool. All right. Well, that uh, that brings us to the meat of the episode, guys. So you guys want to uh, tag us in? Meat of the episode? Defensive meat. <laughs> what is it? Meat. I was going to say defend your meat. Defend your meat. Also good. Yeah. Probably for the best. And it's amazing like that KO. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so obviously um, last week, last Friday, uh, Defenders dropped. We gave our, um, Tim and I at least, gave our um, early thoughts on it. Um, So we're going to get into it in depth now. Um, So let's start off by what did everybody think in general? Let's start with Christy and Mark number two, since Tim and I have kind of already given our (laughs) general kind of thing. Uh, It it was all right. Uh, It was good, better than Iron Fist. But um, damning by faint praise, he's already a dance robot <laughs> dance regular. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. The second last episode really sucked. Oh my god, it sucks <laughs> so bad. It was probably one of the worst episodes I think in any of the uh, uh, the recent Netflix. It was uh, so series. bad. And then um, the last episode was all right. I don't know. It, it's a mixed bag of this one because like certain characters weren't utilized properly, like Jessica Jones. Um, started off really strong in the show and then petered right off and had shitty one-liners. I don't know. It, 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 everyone was too buddy-buddy with each other. Um, not, not just like the actual Defenders, but all the supporting cast. It felt a little contrived at parts. We've made a mistake bringing this man on. Let's get him off. Yep. Okay, <laughs> Cut his on. mic. Cut his mic kick, right now. Kick, 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 kick. <laughs> Why I well, I agree. It's good to have it's good to have a contrary contrary uh, opinion on it. Because I'm not looking at it at a comic book guy's, um, you know, uh, view. Like, I'm looking at it as a as a media on its own. Like it's a different story with different characters. Because it's not following everything in the comics, right? No. So it's a different medium altogether, and I'm judging it by that. Yeah. Well, it's definitely not following the comic book defender story because the characters would be completely different. Heroes for hire. Well, that's the thing is like the 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 name defenders. I'm not sure why they used that name. They could have done heroes for hire. They could have done like Marvel Knights or something like that. Where because the actual defenders team, the original defenders team was Doctor Strange, the Hulk, Namor, and Silver Surfer occasionally. Yeah. So it's kind of a completely different lineup that this is. There is a comic now that has this lineup in it, but it's mainly because the Netflix show is coming out like that's yeah. why it's in the in the 616 like the Marvel comic universe but it is just like we're doing this because that show is coming out so there is that all right so so your your opinion was the same Christy yeah um it was yeah i you know what it is it's just lately with these shows i i've just found them to be oh what's the word i used earlier tim they've been uneven mm-hmm. um you know, like inconsistent. performances, inconsistent. Thank you. They've been inconsistent. And I, I feel like especially the performance of um, what's his face, Danny Rand. Like, I really liked him in Game of Thrones. In this, I just can't get behind him every time I want to like him. And then he's just like his performance is all over the place. Like when he was eating in the Chinese restaurant and he was just like being such a total little, like, little shit bag. I was like, <laughs> get out of here, man. Just get out of here. Where's this attitude coming from? 
And then like that whole white versus black thing that Luke Cage did and Danny was just like, you don't get it. He's like, obviously you don't get it because you're a rich white kid. Danny's like, no, I'm more than that. It's like, I mean, and then like, you know, (laughs) there was just the penultimate episode. Even the, the camera work was so crazy. You could barely see what was going on. And then it just got like unintentionally campy for the last few episodes. But up to that, I really enjoyed it. I really liked, you know, one to six. I thought... It was super fun. Um, but again, inconsistent in the way that Luke Cage was inconsistent. You All right, I'm kicking both of them now. So like, this episode's... A- <laughs> we have agreed oh, on just this Luke Cage <laughs> thing. Oh, the second half of Luke Cage is awful. <laughs> yeah, totally. And that was that was one of my questions. And I guess we can we can skip to that. Like, what did what did you think about that? Like that they they Luke Caged their main villain the same way Luke Cage did. You know what I mean? Like they killed off. Oh, Sigourney yeah. Weaver. I wanted Sigourney to be something big. Like, oh I yeah. Gonna, I thought she was going to turn into a fucking dragon or something near the end. That's what I wanted. <laughs> you know, like I wanted something big and grandiose. But, Sigourney but, yeah. Dragonborn. Yeah, I was a little disappointed by what they like. I feel like she was fine with what they gave her, yep. but they didn't give her enough. Yeah, to no, warrant they- having her there because I found occasionally. I'm watching the show and I'm like, oh, cool. You know, like these are my characters and I'm fine. I've been watching them for a while. And then all of a sudden fucking Sigourney Weaver walks in the frame and I'm like, wait, okay, right. That's a huge <laughs> fucking actress to just have yeah. walk into these shows yeah. kind of thing. Cause for the most part, all these actors, like they're famous to me because like they're playing Marvel characters that I love, but then it's like, yeah, she was in heartbreakers, genuine... you know, that's how that was her big break. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Christ. <Ugh. laughs> yeah, that was her big break. I, I know she had a. Did, you ever, did we ever talk about this, Christy? I was going through my poster collection yes, from when I used to work yes. at the movie theater, and I found a copy of the Heartbreakers poster that I am going to give to Christy at some point <laughs> when I see her. I just have not actually physically seen her in a while. I'm going to so put it funny. up over her bed. Nah, yeah, nah, because it's Sigourney and the other one, Jennifer Love Hewitt. That's, that's reason that's, enough. That's yeah. the one that's you Which actually, you should um, you should look at it just to see what not to do with Photoshop touch ups because it is. Monstrosity, like it's so bad. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. So my, that was my thing with like I thought Sigourney Weaver was like Sigourney Weaver is a great actress and she did a good job with what they gave her. But I was like, first of all, she's almost too big a name to just show up in these things because it was kind of distracting. It was a little to me anyway. At first, but I feel like then I feel like she did end up fitting in pretty well. Like at but yeah. uh, I, I mean I, I was really happy that. with her overall, at least her performance. But yeah, but then they then they kill her, and I'm like, yeah, mm, I don't know if that was like the best way to go or not. It could have been that it could have been one of those sorts of things where she went in saying, "I'll do it," but I, you know, you have to kill off my character. I'm not going to come back after the season, kind of thing. Yeah, um, it just felt which, like they ran out of money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I'll, I will admit that that the last couple episodes were a, a little on the weak side. Um, it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily the big like epic ending that I wanted for the series, but there was enough enough other great stuff earlier in the season that I was uh, really happy with. Okay, well, just really quick though, can we just can we just can we just can we just for a second, can we just talk about how that building was so huge, and it had so much space under it, and the sheer force of that shit falling into that cavern would have knocked those people back and covered them in ash and all of them were fine 
The only only thing I saw was that the ambulance drivers were smart enough to shield this woman who had just had her arm torn off or like um, cut off by closing the doors. That was the only reaction that I deemed appropriate. It oh, was, was it was oh. it was like deemed to or uh, designed to implode or whatever. Was it not? Yeah, yeah it was. They, they, they set the, the charges were set to do like a demo kind of thing, which would have fallen straight down and also would have fallen into that cavern. I think. I'm I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt on that one because I had a similar thought when it first came down. I was like, shouldn't this be like, and not to be like whatever, like weird about it, but like, shouldn't this be like 9 11 where it's just like a wall of fucking, yeah, like concrete ash and shit like that, like coming at people? I'm not even expecting like debris as much, you know, like even though some, there would be some fall off because I would have liked to see a cop car get smashed by something just to like say, because nothing falls perfectly down like that. Like, I get that it, that's the implication that they were like, uh, bombs were, but none of them were bomb people. None of them were like, you know, professional bombers. And like, it, it just, it just, I, I, it, where was the dust? Maybe, where was maybe the, the dust? architect where like, had the, a plan on how to bring it down safely and, and that they had. Well, that's what they, sh- they showed that on the, um, the schematic, like where to put the charges yeah, to take the go. building down. And that was so. from the guy that designed the building. So he knew how to take it down safely. <laughs> All right. So as, soon, as soon as you said yeah, talking totally. about uh, bombers, I was thinking of the tick, the evil midnight bomber. <laughs> <laughs> that would have made the entire show amazing. All right. Um. All right. So obviously we have we we have we're gonna have a split decision on this one. So what did you guys think worked though? Oh, colors. Can we talk about the colors? Can we talk about the yeah? Color? Stylistically, I was really happy with it. Yeah. How, okay, then let's let's go way to the beginning of the show then. And like Christy, mm. you're a designer. Yeah. What did you think of the opening credits? Uh You didn't like those. No, it's not that I didn't like them. I just <laughs> they were so static. Like I if you're going to show the if you're going to put in all the effort to, you know, Im- create their character silhouettes and like bodies out of the maps of New York and where they particularly are in New York that's special to them. Give me some like moving vehicles or something more motiony on top of them, you know, instead of just like flashing the colors. I thought it was beautiful and it grew on me after a little while, but comparatively to the other like opening trailers that I've seen by these people who design it, it was it was okay. I don't think I see. This is my favorite one of the five. I knew I, think, you, so. I knew it would be your favorite. <laughs> I had. I just knew it would be your favorite. I Why? thought they knocked it out of the park too on the on the opening credits. I thought the opening credits were like the most beautiful thing I've seen on TV, and like that was like seven levels of open opening credits design. I thought they were like spectacularly well done. Like as a designer, I was like, this is like this is fucking cool as shit. The whole uh, city plans and the uh yeah uh, yeah and like because it doing the, like, the, like popping, popping the lights popping the light in, into silhouettes and stuff i thought it was brilliantly well done yeah. like, and, it immediately, so happy beautiful. <laughs> and it immediately sets up the city as such a prominent character in the story exactly, which, exactly. i mean yeah. there, cer- certain of the shows have had certain neighborhoods that they've featured very prominently um and then it also sort of uh helps to bring danny into that scene a little bit more uh, firmly as well well, yeah. I I appreciated how gorgeous it was, and I appreciated the art- artistic styling and license that they had, and I, I thought that it was you know smart that they put Hell's Kitchen over Matt and like you know the various places Harlem that Harlem over, over Luke and all that stuff. 
But for me, it's just that I look back at the other ones that they've done. I look back at Daredevil's opening, which See, that is one my looks favorite. cheap now. I think because it's so old. <laughs> I feel like the CGI has not aged well on those ones super well. I still love it. I thought it was. I think so it's, I think it's a good concept. I think it needs to be kind of like re-rendered or something yeah like that. but i Maybe mean like really from time to time like i i still really loved the daredevil opening i liked the jessica jones opening but i think jessica jones actually was the weakest on the show or in the opening in the opening credits okay. Okay. i thought the opening credits were the weaker of all of the ones that they've done okay. i thought the iron fist ones were the worst were the worst opening credits iron fist was the simplest um, yeah, it was it was just a guy doing karate, following some foot stuff, but or some <laughs> foot foot but, stuff, foot stuff, foot stuff. But <laughs> and that's why I'm not saying that I I disliked this one. I did think it was beautiful, but if you're asking me my opinion, I don't think it was one of the strongest ones. I think it was maybe after Luke Cage. Okay, it would go for me anyway. It's Daredevil, Luke Cage, Defenders, um, okay. for the intro titles. Okay. I'm surprised, but all right, <laughs> that's fine. I can accept your your answer to that. Cool. Um, but yeah, so we were you guys kind of brought up um, the coloring of the show. Like, did you want to oh. talk about the cinematography? Yeah. Yeah, I loved I loved that the the individual characters had their own color palettes. I thought that that was a great way to harken back to the individual shows as well, especially in the early parts of the season where you've got Matt and the Reds and. Uh, Jessica and the like muted like grays and blues and purple. Luke and the yellows purple. purple yeah yep. no actually that was something they avoided they didn't ever show her with purple around her oh because that's purple man because that would that because that, that harkens that back to Kilgrave uh, Kilgrave yeah they used, yeah they used a lot of soft blues that were pretty close yeah yeah I guess it also um, depends on like on how color corrected your monitor is or whatever right on what device you're watching it on. <laughs> the one I was watching it on initially was my work monitor, which is like color calibrated within an inch of its life <laughs> for color repro. Um, but the um, the only time I started to see purples is when they started to mix the colors between everybody, because that's yeah. what they started to do is eventually the color coding started to get more like there's a couple characters in the frame. So like mm -hmm. the scene where they first really show Daredevil in costume, and he shows up like the blues are mixing with the reds and then you're starting to get purple. But they, I could tell that they had taken great lengths to like, and it almost spoils Daredevil showing up because they bounce into that area of the, the restaurant. And yeah. all of a sudden it's just like bright blazing red color everywhere. And I'm like, well, okay, this is where Daredevil shows yeah. up. To, like, yeah. the day yeah. and here's yeah, screen, right? I, I think they did that. I think they did that to sort of foreshow that he was going to be the leader. Um, yeah. Sort of, you know, make it more apparent that he, he's the big guy in the show, you know? Yeah. Well, that was the thing too, like the, with the show overall, is it like that it, it, well, we can get to it after, like, if you guys still want to talk about the, like the color stuff, but like this very much felt like Daredevil season three or Iron Fist season two, like that was my main thing with the show. So, well, I, I just thought that the coloring, like it was that their colors were everywhere around them all the time, whether it was in stoplights or it was Matt's windows where he had the four colors mm -hmm. interspersed between his um, apartment windows, or it was in the church where they had like, um, they had the red everywhere, but they had um, distinctly green and yellow and um, bluish purple lighting. And they had um, in the, uh, every time we saw them, like it was distinctly their color palette, like you were saying. And even like um, 
when they were sitting in the the one I one of the ones I noticed the most was in the in the Chinese restaurant, and each of them had the color of the person next to them on that side pertaining in the background shots. Yeah, yeah. It even extended to the um, their support characters being slightly tinged by their yeah. main characters' color choices, where you saw like Foggy and Karen having lots of like red striping to their outfits, yep. like Foggy's tie had red in it, and Karen's jacket was very blatantly red and stuff, and. Um, Rachel had a lot of blue on and uh, what's his name dude like Malcolm like had the blue too kind of like he was wearing the jeans and like the gray shirt and that kind of thing so like it was all everybody was like the it's like it was a very color-coded way of distinguishing like these characters are from like this drawer and these characters are from this drawer because they have this like splash of orange with Misty because she's from Luke Cage's like like golden yellow kind of palette yeah. and Colleen has some green tinge to some of her stuff because she's working with Iron Fist and that kind of thing. But at the same time, to me, it didn't feel like that use of color was particularly obtrusive or heavy handed at any point. Like it was, I mean, you guys probably saw it a lot more than the casual viewer would because you're graphic designers. And I definitely picked up on it. Um, probably. You're a comic nerd, though. Yeah, and that's something that like nerd. colorists. Because I'm a, like I'm a colorist too. It's something that I thought about as a colorist. I was like, yeah. you're immediately going to want to splash everything more red because Daredevil is going to be in the scene, right? To, like yeah. pop him out and stuff. So yeah, but but I don't think that it was particularly like it wasn't hammering you over the head with it. It was it really was complimentary and not uh, not uh, like detrimental. Yeah, exactly. All right. So you guys obviously have already kind of gotten to what didn't work. What do you th- did we talk about? What did work? What are we where where are we at here? I'm not really sure anymore. <laughs> We're bouncing around a little bit. Uh, I can uh, go. What else did you guys? What else what did you I guys like? like? <laughs> uh, okay, I was ahead. I was really happy with the the tonal balance that they struck between the four characters. Um, I thought that they played played all of them off each other really well. Um, it was a good balance of like the you know gritty from Daredevil with like the more humorous lighter stuff from like uh, Jessica Jones and uh, 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 Iron, Iron Fist and uh, yeah, and uh, the sort of wry racial content from uh, Luke Cage kind of thing. So there was a little bit of that. Like it, it wasn't uh, really overly uh, swayed towards any one of those. I thought that that balance worked pretty well generally, um, which was going to be a really tricky balance to strike. And it, I'm happy with the, what they came out with there. Yeah, I agree. I think like. And what I was saying before is that, like, I mean, the story-wise, it leaned very heavily on the backstory established in Daredevil and Iron Fist. Like, it was very much, like, more a continuation of those two shows, guest-starring Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Who I thought they plotted in very well. Like, I thought it was written in, like, how they kind of brought them into the story was well done. Yeah, they didn't feel particularly shoehorned. No, they didn't. So I thought that was really well done. And I agree with Tim, like the interplay between the characters a lot of the time really worked for me. I like that, like after their initial conflict that Matt or um, Luke and Danny kind of started to click a little bit. Yeah. Like foreshadowing them being like longtime besties in the comics kind of thing. Come on. We have to, um, if we're, we can't just glaze over their first interaction. Like that was so much fun. Like just oh, yeah, Danny, Danny just like fucking like, impossibly pounding himself well impossibly pounding himself just over and over again against luke and then finally just unleashing the iron fist and that shot where he gets him right across the face and luke just goes fucking flying 
Which is the nice yeah. mirror to the shot they did in Luke Cage where the guy punches him and it's the hand that caves in yeah. against Luke's face. Luke's face. Yeah. Whereas this is like the opposite shot where the fist, like <laughs> where his Luke's face gives, caves gives in. Fucking fist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to the Iron Fist. Yeah. Which I like. Because I also liked they they've done they did a pretty good job. And it would that was the trickiest part was like having Iron Fist on his own is one thing, but then integrating all of that kind of mysticism and like kung fu y kind of backstory into the characters that are at least in Jessica Jones and Luke Cage's part, like a little more grounded, part more, a little bit more grounded. I mean, yeah. Daredevil had already kind of touched on the supernatural hand stuff, but that was the big point of contention because like we haven't really talked about Daredevil season two, but that second half, I always felt like the big point of contention was like a lot of people going like, "Well, where all this supernatural shit come from?" Yeah, totally. It was very different. Well, I was like, "Well, this is kind of from the comics." Like that was always my kind of takeaway from it. I'm like, "This is pretty like established Daredevil." ground to cover mm. so i never had an issue with that but I, I understand why some people were like whoa, whoa, whoa fucking resurrected ninjas what's happening here so <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah going back to the team dynamic like i also thought danny and colleen play were playing a lot better as a duo than danny on his own was um i kind of felt like he was her sidekick at the beginning <laughs> Like it did feel it like it felt like she bit, was yeah. kind of leading him around more than he was doing like the leading around. I thought at, at least in the first couple episodes. Yeah. Well, they even allude to that later in the season too, right? Because when uh, Colleen and uh, Claire are talking to each other, and Colleen's just like, "I just want something stable," kind of thing, and yeah. Claire's like, "You are the stable one out of the two of you. Like you're that foundation." I thought that was really a good, yeah, good note to hit. Um, and I like that. I like the way they're continuing to have Colleen and Iron Fist like be an item and not have a lot of like drama relationship drama kind of thing. It's just like they're together and like they're a unit and that's awesome. And they're going to keep moving forward with that. And I think that's something that they should. Mm -hmm. And I'll get into that at the end because it's something I want to talk about. Like, where do you want to go? Like, where, where would you want them to go from here? Yeah. Cause now they've done the crossover. Like, what do you want to, what do you want to see going forward? But we'll get into that later. Um, our haters have been pretty fucking quiet for a while, though. What do you guys? What did you guys like about the show? <laughs> oh, there's lots to like about it. Oh yeah, it's just um, like uh, like I was saying, it's I think, just no fun to talk about that stuff. I think near the end, no, we'll get we'll get into the we'll get into the hate in a second. <laughs> well, color, of course, as we were saying, it did start up pretty well. Like I like how they integrated uh, Jessica Jones with the whole like uh, her detective stuff going, you know, getting into the case and then they brought in Luke Cage uh, extremely well and uh, yeah but the dynamic it was good for a while and then there was points where it dropped but um, I think but that's where, what, do you, what do you what do you mean by like it dropped like what's your they really worked well together but as soon as Danny opens his mouth he starts bitching and like fuck this yeah <laughs> I just I don't know a lot of the storylines just felt like there were so many secondary characters well, that was going to be, that's kind of a given when you start crossing all these characters over. Because it's either you do, you get stuck between like, do we ignore the fact that everybody else has a supporting cast or do we bring them in? And I, I kind of like the fact that they erred on the side of like, let's have everybody show up and at least have like a moment to kind of deal with where their characters are before yeah. it branches back out into their individual series. So, yeah. Well, I'll say what I did like about it. Unless you're, are you, do you still have stuff to say, Mark? Well, I've, I have nope. something to say in response to Mark. I with with you, comp- uh, your gripe about Danny being sort of insufferable. He definitely was, but he's starting to come around. And he's there are the fact that he had people um, through the season that were there and like taking the piss out of him actively, kind of thing. 
and like calling yeah. him out on his bullshit, I think yep. is going to end up uh, resulting in some decent character development for him and maturing for him. I hope um, so. And I, I think that was kind of, I, I think that was on purpose. Like, I think we were not supposed to, you know, we're supposed to find Danny a little bit for sort of like fucking obnoxious and naive. Yeah. I think, I think in like a couple years, we're going to look back on this and being like, I'm hoping this is my hope anyway, is that like, you'll look back on this in a couple years to, where they get Danny to the point where you're like, you like him as a character. Yeah. And it's almost like, and like, Christy won't get this, but like, I'm hoping the other two of you guys will, but it's like Wesley and Buffy <laughs> where like he starts off and you're like, fuck, why is this guy on the screen so much? And by the time Angel ends, like it, it comes to the end of it. You're like, okay, that was my favorite character. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Look at that character's journey kind of thing. Yeah, like that's the. I'm hoping that's what they can do with it now. Like, because they started off rough, they have all this room to grow the character. Mm. And I hope they take the time to be like, oh, we can really do this and put the work in and grow the character to the point where you're like, that's the fucking guy. He should be an Avenger. Like, that's what I think should be the end goal for Danny at this point is like making so. him so that he's <laughs> like, he's the guy out of the bunch of them. Sure. So, yeah. Um, and Sigourney, she was great. It looked, looked like she was, you know, leading up to something really big. Um, and she had nothing left to lose but, you know, um, but her life. And, you know, that's what she was going for. And then she gets it taken away almost, like, in, in, in a just stupid fashion. That that pissed me off because I thought they were going to do something way bigger with her character. And that was really liking her character a lot. I also thought it was an alien reference that the thing came through her chest. <laughs> Actually, I was reading. I was reading an interview with that this um, today while I was doing research for this, and was like, they, "There's an interview with the showrunner um, who who like ran the Defenders, like was the lead guy for Defenders, and they, I guess, throughout the entire production, they kept trying. He kept trying to like shoehorn written like verbal stuff in, were like." get away from her, you bitch, or like having one of those lines come out that, or whatever. And they just kept shying away from it. And then he didn't realize it till like after the fact that the way they, they killed her it. was like, they had done the chest hugger <laughs> shout out kind of thing almost accidentally. Like it wasn't apparently wasn't intentional. So, <laughs> which That's I thought was funny. pretty funny. So they got that little shout out in there after all. But, so, but you know what though? I, um, I'll see what I did like. I really liked Sigourney's character because I like what they did when they killed her because you know what? I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, um, it caught me by surprise I, too. Yeah, me and too. I was gonna I was gonna say this earlier. Um, I thought it was interesting that they killed her like that because w in bringing someone like Sigourney Weaver on, I think it was a red herring from the start that this big actress was oh excuse me was going to be I know was going to be um around for a while you're like oh shit what's she gonna do she's gotta be like so evil and then to just like murder her i was like oh my god well done well done like because i thought that was a, a great twist but it just you're right it did the luke cage thing where like you went from this amazing villain to this just this yeah. shit villain like electra get your shit together <laughs> i agree like i i was i was sort of like I was like, oh my god, that's that's so fucking cool. I can't believe that they just, you know, dumped her so unceremoniously like that. But then there was no it, it ended up just being a little bit anticlimactic after that. Oh, as soon as yeah. as soon as the actress who plays Electra starts talking, that's it. I I'm out of there cuz she's an awful actress. <laughs> she's not. She yeah, is. I agree. She she's is. not. She's not super strong. And her fucking accent is just all over the... It's so fucking scattered. <laughs> all over the goddamn place. 
Yeah, yeah I'm not even one really sure what accent Greek, she's One minute she's fucking English. And I think we talked about this when we talked about one of the times we were talking about Daredevil as well. Um, I think it was offline. I don't think we talked about it on the podcast because we've never gotten into Daredevil season two yeah. properly. So, but, Yeah, her accent is pretty weird and bad. And there was a point where I was just like, well, she's, you know, mixed race. And it's supposed to show like her that she's had a bunch of different uh, backgrounds growing up or yeah. whatever. And I'm, now I'm just like, yeah, it just doesn't work. Uh, she's just yeah. not good at accents. She's not. All right. <laughs> So we're in the, we're in, we're kind of talking character. Do you guys have any like who do you think came off the like who came off the best out of the bunch oh. of them? Um, I I personally I I will always always love Jessica and Matthew. They are okay. my two faves. I liked that Jessica throughout the whole thing maintained her like I don't give a shit sort of like outside, but like you know feely inside but at the same time like she she was so much of the comedic relief that we needed because she was yeah. calling out those superhero tropes yeah um and matt murdoch man he is such a good actor oh my god he is such a good actor he's so hot yeah so charlie hot. cox knocked it out of the fucking park yeah i i think and that kind of shows like um it kind of brought up brought up the weakness of some of the other people is how strong yeah like especially i think Kristen ritter is very strong but i think charlie he cox is. is kind of like on a totally different level than everybody else in the group, especially the main group of the four of them. Oh, yeah, like, I he's did. so he's so he's such a better actor than everybody else in the group that like everybody else looks kind of yeah. lost around him. Even Kristen Ritter sometimes doesn't look like she's as involved in the scene as he does, and he's not even making eye contact with anybody. Well, right speaking now, so, to I, that, like my Mark and I were talking, it's like incredible that he even like he's not blind, but you would be convinced he was blind. Yeah. Like the actor himself. Yeah, there's a story going around that, and I think we've talked about it on the show before. He started to blow auditions after doing Daredevil season one for other stuff because he was so used to, like, while he was acting, having to stare off away from people <laughs> and not make eye contact to, to fake that. Yeah. That has become part of his, like, I, I don't know, like acting shtick now. So he's <laughs> he's just nailed that ability to look blind right like not yeah. keep making eye contact Stare or looking in the right distance, spot because he wouldn't be yeah. yeah exactly exactly which i think is like he does it really well and like he's still able to like play the scene better than everybody else around him in spite of having that extra layer of like i have to concentrate on doing this and do all this other stuff at the same time and he mm -hmm. still stands above everybody else which i think is interesting so like i'm i'm the same like i kind of agree with christy like i'm like I think Daredevil is kind of like the star of these shows all the time. And I am biased, granted, because Daredevil is my it's my favorite of all these shows. And it's he's my favorite, one of my favorite characters. But like, I think they've they knocked it out of the park with Daredevil and his supporting cast, because even like Foggy, I think, is a better actor than. Oh, yeah. The supporting cast in the other shows. Right. And like, so I'm yeah. like, Foggy was weak this this season. Yeah, but he doesn't have a lot to do. So he's not necessarily going to be like in there. And you could tell he's still conflicted about the whole like. Matt being Daredevil yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I did. I love Daredevil. I don't have much to add on top of what uh, you guys added, but uh, Charlie Cox did really well, but I definitely, uh, I have more love to give Sigourney Weaver. I thought that she was an excellent villain. Like her just fucking sense of presence was yep. just amazing. Like you just got such a feeling of sort of that ancient persona from her like and the I, I i love the idea of an immortal faced with their own mortality that's really powerful and i uh and sort of her 
reserved desperation uh, that came out of that was, I think, really good and something that we haven't really seen before. Um, and that's what I'm really looking for in these shows is stuff that like actually catches me off guard. And I'm like, oh, this is new. That's great. Um, I thought it was so fucking cool. Like just in that first couple episodes, seeing somebody that can bring like someone like Madame Gao to heal and, and like put a scare into her was so cool. It was really interesting to see all of a sudden see like Madame Gao who had been calm, cool and collected and just like super badass for yeah. like, it, was she in the first season of Daredevil? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, right. She, she is. Was, yep. So two seasons of Daredevil and Iron Fist, like she's been just cool, calm and like even keeled the whole time. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden she's like a nervous puppy when she's around Alexandra, Alexandra. Yeah. I thought that was very interesting yeah. to see a different mm-hmm. dynamic played with that character. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Um, and then watching uh, Alexandra so effortly, effortlessly subdue Black Sky, uh, like right after her rebirth, that was a really cool scene yeah. too. And it just showed, like again, that it it was it like took like virtually no effort for her to do that. Right? She just like fucking took yeah. her down and was like, "You just need to calm down." But that the flip side of that was that it made her death at the hands of Electra later on or black guy or whatever the fuck you want to call her. Um, that yeah. was more powerful because obviously she could have taken her down if she was expecting it, but it just took her totally by surprise. Yeah. I also like, and this is the kind of a, a, a tangent, but like when Electra comes out of that, um, the urn, when she's covered in goo and stuff like that, like where that fight scene happens, mm-hmm. that was a great episode. The, the, her being wrapped in all that silk stuff or whatever they had it is a really nice shout out to her comic book costume. Cause that's, it was very close to what she, mm. Electra's main costume generally is like that kind of sarongi thing, yep. like big the, like the, wispy, yeah, wispy yeah, sleeves. That was pretty. That was as close as they got to like a canon kind of like yeah. Electra costume in the show. Which, but I thought it was a cool way to do it, like have the homage and then just kind of move on from there and have her in something that's like quasi combat effective compared to you know silk wraps and stuff like that and a bandana. Yeah. So I thought that Jessica was like the sleeper hit of the season for me. Like, uh, it was great that they were playing her like as still just like a fucking wreck, barely holding it together, just sarcastic as fuck, just doesn't give a shit. Drunk kind of all thing. the time. Drunk all the fucking time. Yeah, and yep. like her with that little bit, that little bit where she steals the beer in the, I think it's the second to last episode. Yeah. <laughs> like that had me on just the floor. I was it. like, you're just like such a piece of shit that you're gonna steal beer from a homeless guy. Like. <laughs> Good for you, Jessica. Yeah. Yeah, while Matt, yeah, and, uh, Matt and Luke are sitting right there beside her. Yeah, just like, what the fuck are you doing? It was yeah. so good. That made and me laugh. Her, her response was like, it's been a hell of a week or something it's like that. It's been a hell of a week. Yeah. Um, I liked all her little, like, um, her, like, one-off. Some of her, her one-liners, like, stuff was, was pretty good. Like, the bit when she first sees Daredevil in costume. Yeah. And she says the thing about the fucking, like, yeah. the, um, the... The scarf was better. The scarf looked better. Yeah. And she, he's... Like that, that made me laugh. Like yeah, some of her stuff made me laugh. Their back and forth was yeah. really good. Like the, uh, uh, you look like an idiot while it's your scarf. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Like that stuff was good. There's a whole, yeah. uh, um, there's a whole article on, uh, Gizmodo about, uh, Jessica's best, like one liners and put downs <laughs> on the, on the defender season. Actually, my, my, the one that made me laugh the hardest was like right in the last episode when Matt's being like, Oh, I'm really glad you're here. And like, it's, I'm glad we found each other and shit like that. And Luke <laughs> turns over and is like, I'm not fucking hugging you. Like yep, that, that made me great. laugh. That was the one that made me laugh the hardest. So. <laughs> can we also, can we talk about Luke? Can we talk about Luke Cage for a minute? We can't. What do you want to talk I- about Luke for? I don't think he's that strong of an actor. I agree. I don't think, but I don't think he has to be because that character is so sort of stony. I know, but just at the, like 
in the final episode, he was like, okay, but nobody gets hurt, okay? No innocent <laughs> lives get, get lost. Can we all agree on that? I literally was just saying that. And I went, no, <laughs> you can't. You can't control that. There's people in this building. What is there's people around this building? You do not you can't you're dumb. This is dumb. Luke, this is dumb. That was a dumb thing to say. Christy didn't Sweet like Christmas. that part. I didn't like it. I thought that it was poor writing. I thought the end I thought the last episode where he was all like, Man, I wanna hurt anybody. I was like, Shut up, Luke Cage. Shut up. It's part of the job. Just shut up. Everybody else hurts people. You're fucking bulletproof, but you got like mushy insides, like get your shit together, Luke. Christy had one glass of wine, folks. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm very tired. <laughs> wow, I've I did. Up, um, I've been up since I've been up since five five thirty. I thought it was kind of funny that they just like immediately kind of shot him, like shut him down because Matt can hear the whole building and it's just, like the building's empty. It's just us and them, and like mm. that kind of kills that conversation dead. So yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. I did like the fact that like they when they they're trying to figure out each other's powers and stuff like that. Like Matt's powers are so they would make him seem really fucking weird to everybody. Yeah. So like them all being like, what the fuck's up with this guy? That made me kind of like, that made me smile. Cause I like the fact that Matt's power set would be like kind of off putting to deal with if you're. Yeah. Like, like a normal it's, person. It's a little easier just to think about somebody that's like really strong or really good at martial arts or just, you know, bulletproof or whatever. But yeah, trying to wrap your head around this guy that is blind, but not really blind and is also a master Martial artist, like martial artist, yeah, <laughs> and can smell the difference between shrimp and pork from like <laughs> twenty feet away. Like that was really weird. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, no, pork? that shrimp. This no, guy shrimp. Has pork. Wait, that guy. That guy's got pork. Yeah, like that. Was That's what you said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's see, what are, what are we on? Mark? So, what about? Well, we're sort of talking about character stuff. Like, did you have any of the supporting characters? Like, who do you thought? I didn't. What are your thoughts on the support? Like, I wouldn't say that any of them were particularly like standout. Uh, I I would say if any, if I had to name any, I would say Misty was the standout in terms of the uh, the supporting, supporting characters. That being said, I do think that they did have a. I I I enjoyed the way that they integrated all the supporting characters. Like they all had at least sort of a moment. Um, it, it didn't necessarily feel like really forced with any of them, at least from where I was sitting. Um, but I mean, yeah, you got good moments with Trish, with Foggy, with Karen, with Misty, with Claire. Um, I was really happy that they didn't lean too heavily on Claire as the sort of the common link between them. Um, because that's yeah. been one of my gripes with the other shows is that Claire, you know, just randomly interacting with all of them has felt a little bit forced. I thought it was interesting that like it, she only really brings Luke and Danny together. The rest of them yeah. just kind of fall into place yeah. without her yeah. getting involved. Well, and she doesn't even really bring them together, right? Like, they already encounter each other. And then yeah. Luke goes back to her and says, yeah, this guy had a glowing hand. And then she picks yeah. up the fucking phone. And she's like, there's somebody you need to meet. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really... I, I thought that was well done compared to like, oh, wait, there's this really big bad. I know four people who can handle it kind of thing, which I was like kind of dreading yeah. that being the way they go with it. Because I'm like, oh, that's definitely a way they could go with it. Mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, good. They didn't do that. Thank you. Like, I'm happy now. So, yeah. Um, well, and I think Stick was the other one that really stood out for me. I mean, obviously, he had a considerably larger role and was pretty expositional in the season as well. Um, yeah. Which brings me, do we want to talk about uh, Stick's death? Apparent death? Yeah, I was happy about it. Really? I was so glad. <laughs> <laughs> he is a dick. 
stick. I was like, is- get out of here. <laughs> get out of here, stick. Well, it makes him an easy choice to kill, for sure. The fact that he is not a particularly likable character. Um, We've also See, been like- promised his death for... Yeah, but you would. I like him, too. <laughs> he's he's sarcastic <laughs> as fuck. But uh, oh, and it was it was so badass when he cut off his own fucking hand, though. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, it's and then he was bad. still fighting ninjas off after the fact. That was like, it, 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 it like, came off like it was a stick of butter going with a hot knife. It was yeah. <laughs> that's why they call him. I, I love that. Well, that was the. Um, I don't know if that's why they call him stick. But... <laughs> stick of butter. <laughs> Yeah. Your wrist is that guys. That was one of the things I did notice. I'm like, whoever's sharpening all their katanas and shit is really fucking putting yeah. the work in because, like, people's heads were just like coming the fuck off like crazy. Yeah. Like, There's a lot it's of not that easy beheading. to decapitate people. So yeah, you might need to put a little bit more effort into it. Okay, first of all, these people have been training for millennia, so they probably got they probably yeah. got the the know how. Well, the hand also. Hand. Stick is yeah, yeah. stick is that's what oil. I mean. No, that's why I'm saying they know how to do it because, yeah. like, they were the ones doing the chopping mm-hmm. most of the time. Um, but, um, I will say this about Stick uh, they were promising his death for episodes and episodes, like, it was just building. You're like, oh, he's getting salty. Oh, no, now he's getting feely. Now he's talking about Electra and Matt and how they were his only kids. Yeah, he's gonna die. <laughs> yeah, get yeah. out of here, Stick. That's true, it was kind of projected. But I mean, there did have to be a major character death in order to sort of raise the stakes, and his death did make sense. And they really couldn't kill any of the other supporting characters because, yeah. like, they already killed Electra and Daredevil, and like now she's back. So killing her again would be anticlimactic at this point. Yeah. And you can't kill anybody else's supporting cast because then they're fucked going forward into their own series again. Yeah. So. But uh, Matt, Matt just fucking can't keep a father figure. Nope. No. Nope. Poor Matt. <laughs> Is Foggy going to be next? Even even an abusive father figure. <laughs> next is going to be the priest. The priest is going to die next. Oh no, my money my money's on Karen next, but that's comic kind of comic continuity coming to uh coming to roost, so. I'll say I'll say that uh one of the, one of the keys to uh, like a a good team-up story are well there's two things. One is pacing. And I, I felt overall the season, even though there might have been some episodes that were sort of weaker than others, I never really felt like the pacing was like dragging or overly long or uh, or rushed or anything like that. I thought that that was generally kept pretty solid. Yeah, they did, yeah, the pacing was pretty good. Um, well, you guys actually called out like the second to last episode as being a little weak when and I. And I'm wondering, I want to talk about like how you guys watched it. Like, did you guys watch it in big chunks or were you guys watching it like kind of episode to episode over the course of the week? Because like, obviously we talked last week about the fact that Tim and I both just fucking binged the balls off of this thing, like on the Friday that it came out. Cause yeah. In which case everything just kind of, uh, blurs together together. It just becomes one big movie. Yeah. It just became like an eight hour, like epic to me at this point. Right. So I'm like, when people start talking about pacing, I'm like, I don't really see it because I'm just watching it as this huge like chunk of movie, right? So, mm-hmm. well, did you watch it while you were working? The first time, yes. The second time, no. Same here. Okay. Well, Mark, why don't you why don't you take this one for why we thought it was it was crappy for the second last? Oh episode. my god! Uh, whoever directed it, yeah, you go. You whoever go. directed it uh, is janky as shit. Um, drunk. Uh, uh, every Janky every shit. single action scene was really hard to watch. Um, and 
it just wasn't focused at all. It was bad. It was just uh, and then all the line, like all the one liners, the story was shit. They, oh man, it, it was. I need to look up what the second to last episode actually was now because I'm trying to like. It was basically it was Alexander dying and Electra taking over the hand and. No, was no, that, that wasn't the second last episode, Tim. No. no, that was the third last. Episode. I thought that no. was episode. Oh, okay. See, that's what I mean, and that's where, and that's why we're both having trouble doing this because we just oh, watched it like all at once. So lot, it's like it was. Gotta... It was a lot of it was all of them in the police department. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, if yeah. you if you watch it, yeah, and you could sort of you do separate each episode. It's the weakest one. It definitely is. Yeah. Just go back to it again all, all by itself and you'll see. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Then like the thing is, okay, the like Mark was saying, it was the video work was really all over the place. You couldn't actually watch the sequences because they were so choppy. And like you it was really hard to keep up with what was going on. And the script was terrible for this last episode. Like it didn't feel like the other um like the other episodes at all. It didn't. It didn't have the same sort of um, tone and, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, vibe. Yeah, it didn't have the same vibe. It was just tonally, tonally uh, off. Tonally yeah. off. Yeah, and like it's the same thing that remember when we were when you were watching Luke Cage in the second half of the season and like it 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 was still Luke Cage, but you were kind of like, wait, what? Feels a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, I know I'm watching the same show. I know I'm watching the same show. I can see the characters are the same. I can see that this is, you know, got the credits, so they're the same. But this does not feel like what I've just been watching. And Mark and I watched two to three episodes a, a night. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we we got, like, a good vibe and, like, chunk of what was happening. And I think because we broke it into two to three episodes, we watched it over a four or five night period. And... Uh, so in doing that like we had episode i think it was six and seven together so the third and last and second last and the third last episode was really good and the second last episode was just so different and it was so like because we'd like been able to think about and talk about the previous episodes we it just it would blew our minds that it was just so different and so weak weak i guess that kind of speaks to like yeah, that kind of speaks to like how how different people will be different like differently watching this show because it didn't. That was the episode where they actually had Elektra and Iron Fist face off, which I thought yeah. was really cool. Like I thought it was a good idea to have them kind of like have a oh um one on one confrontation. That, since they're was, supposed to be that counterbalance well, that's, that's point not a to problem. each other, like, in like it this. should be like that with 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 a show like that where Iron Fist and Elektra are fighting. It's just you couldn't tell what the fuck was going on because the cuts were so bad and. They're trying to do weird camera angles, some really weird shit, and it was not working. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you find that extended throughout the whole show, or because like nope. I thought it when I was watching it at first, like that was the first takeaway I had from it was that the fight scenes, especially after coming off of Iron Fist, I felt like the first couple episodes, the fight scenes in those first bunch of episodes, I was like, whoa, this way feels like everything feels much clearer and more delineated properly and shot more yeah. clearly. It, the the fight scenes and choreography was a lot more coherent in this than they were in Iron Fist in particular. Yeah. Well, I think, and that goes back to like, this was the Daredevil guys yeah. doing this show. Yeah. So like, this was show run by um, Marco Ramirez, who is one of the writers on Daredevil. And Doug Petrie was like the overall executive producer who was the showrunner on 
Daredevil itself. So like it was kind of the Daredevil team that kind of took this and like ran with it. And I think, I mean, Jessica Jones's writing team is obviously very good because that show turned out probably as arguably the best of the bunch of them. I'll still argue for Daredevil most of the time. But that's personal bias. But like, I felt like that's the team that kind of gets how to work all this stuff the best. Mm-hmm. And that's why they kind of got this show. But I definitely thought, like, the last two episodes, that's when the fight sequences started to get a little, like, maybe it was because they were rushed or something like that. Like, they started to get a little, yeah, well, we can say janky. Janky is probably the best way to put it. Like, things started to feel like I wasn't sure what was going on. There were some quick cuts going on that were a little uneven. That fucking Wu Tang song that for no yeah, reason just what? showed up. That <laughs> Actually, that oh was like my. God. <laughs> for some reason, I... that was a big sticking point for me. I was like, why the fuck is this happening all of a sudden? Like, this isn't Luke Cage. This doesn't need to happen in this show. Like, I, I thought that was I really that weird. It was so different that it made me laugh because that was the weakest. <laughs> oh, it took me right was, out of it. it was, yeah. Well, it was that, and it was like the that was probably the weakest area where the fight just seemed way too all over the place. Like, um, for me, there's too much stuff going on, and I don't know. It didn't seem focused. You know what it felt like? It felt like they were trying to almost. Yeah, in that last particular sequence that we're talking about now, when they were playing that music, it was like, oh, don't forget, Luke Cage is black. <laughs> it was like, we got a black guy. That there's doesn't make black. any sense, because there's no, four he was, yeah. It doesn't Definitely not, like, the one that they were focusing on in that episode. Yeah. No. But it was just like, what? 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 What is happening here? And it was just like, Oh, Luke Cage is black, guys. Let's let's just play some music that people will like who like Luke Cage. And it's, it was like, what? What do you think? All the other music you played was specifically for white people. <laughs> what are you you gonna put on some iron and wine to like make all the women who are watching feel okay? <laughs> well, I just thought it was so out of place because like you just <laughs> wait, wait, Luke Cage wait, soundtrack. Wait. wait, what are you talking about? Chrissy just tickled herself. Can you imagine like? You got this Luke Cage music and with um, that, and then all of a sudden everything goes slow mo, and Jessica's like punching people's faces too. I was a quick, wet boy diving too deep for. But that works sometimes. Like if you think uh, that scene in uh, Kingsman, um, in yeah. the church. Uh, in the church, yeah, yeah, where uh, I can't remember the oh, character's name, but no, Colin, the Colin Firth character, and it's playing like really like cheesy music in the background, kind of thing. That that totally worked. Well, like one of the most brutal fucking scenes in cinema history is happening, yeah. like on screen. Yeah, but yeah, I like that fight scene actually. It was oh, good. It's phenomenal. But we're not talking about something that worked. We're talking about something <laughs> that didn't. Oh, so I just looked up who directed that episode. His name is Felix Enriquez Alcala. And he's done some really questionable shit. Like I, he directed Fire Down Below with like Steven Seagal. Oh Jesus! Right? Um, the Taking of Felum One Two Three and like. Eh. See, I don't. Oh, I don't understand on Hawk? these. Uh, I don't understand on these shows why no, they would have. Why, why oh, they would right. have people? Why why they would have different directors for each episode? Like it's not the sort of thing where you need, like because it's all filmed, and. At once. A- at once and sort of as a single unit you yeah. would think that they would just have one fucking director that would direct well you, you think you would have two like you would have two guys like one doing one unit and one doing another yeah. unit and then alternating stuff so that yeah. you could do it that way i don't know why they would do it split it up the way like a weekly tv show yeah. is done especially because it's like it's not like they have any less time to shoot anything it's probably all shot it's all shot hollywood style so it's all out of sequence just like yeah 
when are these people available, blah, 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 blah. And then all the footage gets dumped, and then somebody's got to cut it together. And it all gets dumped, like, the same day. So it's all got to be cut and edited and sent out the same day, right? Yeah. So. I mean, the more the more that um, Hollywood starts, or it keeps skewing towards these, like, really heavily serialized and... Uh, well, serialized is the right way. Like, st- yeah, continuous ser- stories. Yeah, serialized, like continuous, like, really continuity-heavy kind of stories. Mm-hmm. It just seems like it would make more sense just to have consistent direction throughout the season, rather than... You know, just have each director put their like. It's not like a movie, right? You don't want the director putting their own stamp on an episode necessarily. No, like the person who should be doing that is the showrunner. Like it should yeah. be the the executive producer who is like, this is my fucking vision that's mm-hmm. going forward, right? Like the way you get, I can never remember the guy's name from The Sopranos. Like, but it all felt like his baby all the way through, even if it was directed by different people. Yeah, or Vince Gillian from Breaking Bad. Like that all always feels like that's what he wants to show up on screen. Yeah. I don't know if we want to talk about Joss again, but like Joss has the same thing on his shows where like it yeah. always feels like a Joss kind of production, even if he's not the one directing and like writing the episode kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like there is a tone achieved based on that. But I agree. Like I completely think like if you're going to do, especially something that's only eight episodes, yeah. like I get it would be a lot. It's a lot of stuff to shoot and like get through and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. yeah, just have one person on set directing all of it so that yeah. it's all continuity well, wise. Like other than person. the it's never like other that. than no. the first two episodes which are the same director on this uh, um all of them are different directors each uh for each episode <laughs> so it's really weird because it felt pretty consistent all the way through it yeah. just felt like which is good good show running for the most part for, for the most part but yeah too. yeah then the second last yeah. episode is kind of eh, and then the last one yeah. back to, to normal again so it, it's just it's yeah. just weird it's an inconsistency and it's kind of sad that it had that one little inconsistency on it eight like an eight uh episode arc you know so. yeah oh well hmm. yeah. cool so we've gotten we've, we've talked about a lot of stuff do you guys anybody else have anything they want to they want to bring up before we um i anything else anything else you want to bitch about i guess yeah yeah i wasn't um i wasn't that happy with gao's performance this series really you didn't like watching her be subservient to uh alex no Sigourney? no i did not no i like that I also don't like how the three fingers of the hand were all like, oh, Electra, Black Sky's bullshit. And then Black Sky's like, I killed Alexandra. And even though you guys are thinking we're doing that, you listen to me now. <laughs> and they were like, um, okay. <laughs> even though we've been alive for thousands of years, but okay. <laughs> I thought it was weird that they had two characters that they just had to introduce in this series. Yeah. Hey, just kind well, of like. Uh, especially or, the, or Akami, the Japanese uh, guy, Sawanda. Well, but especially uh, the Japanese guy, because it felt like they were like, "Oh shit, we shouldn't have killed Nobu." Like that yeah. should have been Nobu. Yeah. And but they had killed him in season two. Oh right. right. Instead, he would, instead Murakami was the one that was pulling uh, Nobu's Nobu strings. strings. Yeah. Which I was like, that's such like, and he, his characterization was so just off of Nobu that I was like. Yeah. They really fucked up and shouldn't have killed Nobu and just had him be one of the five fingers. Yeah. Because that would have made it probably more consistent. But I don't think... I'm not sure how far ahead they had thought when they did Daredevil Season 2 to, like, what they were going to do totally. And, like, killing Nobu made sense at the time. But it was, like... As soon as they introduced that character, I'm like, this is just Diet Nobu to me. And I kind of see that that might have been a mistake to have killed Nobu when... Because then that threat would have been continuous, right? Like, you would have had... Um, oh, God, I can't remember his name. The dude who was in Iron Fist, Bakudo? Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, Bakudo. Yeah. Um, have Bakudo come back from Iron Fist and then have Nobu come back from Daredevil. And then they got introduced, like, the, the black guy so that he can fight um, yeah. Luke Cage. Sawande. Because they had to work it. Yeah, Sawande. Um, and then have Madame Gao there. And then you've got at least, at that point, you've got, like, three established characters. Yeah. And also Sigourney Weaver. And then you just have to introduce one guy as opposed to, like, introducing Nobu Light and Sawande and Alexandra. Like, it just felt that was a lot of, like, disjointedness. That yeah. Probably... If they had put more forethought into it, didn't have to be there. Especially considering that uh, Nobu did such fucking like severe damage to Matt that that would have been oh, like, yeah. jarring and traumatic for him, and you know, caused him to start having some fucking flashbacks and shit. Yeah, well, that was and that was the point of him coming back in season two of Daredevil, mm. like that, because that was the most brutal fight in. Well, I mean, it wasn't the the hallway fight, but it was the most the fight where he took the most of a punishment yeah. was in the nobu fight yeah. in season one right like where he really gets the shit taken out of him and he's still bearing those scars like whenever you see him without a shirt the most prominent scars like across his collarbones like those are from that nobu fight yeah i can't remember the name it's some it's a something hook or something show shoji hook or something like that yeah something like that name i can't that, remember the uh, name of that weapon yeah but he like really fucks him up and then they they it felt like they wanted that character in here so it's like no no this was nobu's boss the whole time so blah it's fine just ignore the fact that it's not nobu because it is nobu but it's not mm-hmm. so that was i thought that was a little weird yeah i i did i did like the fingers though that they added not not uh i i think that the the two that survived the longest with gao like um colleen's mentor i really like him um Bacato, yeah and um i did i did like the guy who replaced nobu i thought he was okay i thought he was a good actor He's a good actor. I just thought like he it, it should have been Nobu. Yeah. Tim, what else? Do you, what else do you have? What else do you think? Uh, well, we we bitched a, a lot about one episode in particular, so let's gush about one episode in particular. I fucking love the Royal Dragon episode. I think that was oh, the yeah, best yeah. of the season. Like the the team dynamic really gets established in there, uh, and it was maybe maybe one of or let's let's say, I think that was probably the best bottle episode that a comic book series has done so far. Because it more, it I would say about eighty ninety percent of it took place in or around in that, that yeah. restaurant kind of thing. Well, you mean that that episode this season of Arrow where Felicity and Arrow get stuck in the Arrow Cave? Yeah, that was that was escape? not as good. Not as good. As, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that wasn't. You don't think that was as good an episode no, as this, Tim? No, no? that was that All was right. kind of piece of garbage. <laughs> um, but. but <laughs> But it was it was also a good chance. Any chance I could take to take a shit on Arrow, I'm going to take from now on. <laughs> I'm going to get to see a bunch of the Arrowverse uh, people next weekend at DragonCon. Actually, there's a bunch of them. I think a bunch of them. Are, I think they're 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 doing. I think they're doing the same thing they did last year. Yeah, or, we're I think splitting time. About it, where they, they're they're splitting time. I think With a lot of the, they're going to be at Fan Expo too. Yeah. Yeah, so. I know John Barrowman's there for a couple days. Willa Holland is there. Um, there's at least two or three others. Uh, fuck the. Lance, Detective Lance, is uh, there yeah. for so, yeah, yeah. I haven't looked at the Fan Expo thing in super detail because I'm not sure exactly if I'm going to go or yeah. when I'm going to go. But yeah, but in that that uh, that episode in the Chinese restaurant, Royal Dragon, uh, I thought was really good. Like there was there was some great exposition that happened in there. Like that's where you get Stick and the talk about the chaste and all that, and all of the members of the team really got sort of their chance to shine, both in terms of their personalities. And in terms of their like different fighting styles at the end of the episode, kind of thing too. Yeah, 
and Matt being kind of a self-serving piece of shit and going after Electra at the end there. Yeah. Like, I thought that was kind of like yeah. indicative of the character too, where he has to like yeah. always take, take it on himself to go out of his way and like yeah. whatever, like take the, take the big brunt of it yeah. on himself. Like, you know what I mean? As opposed to like working as a team. Yeah. I think that was probably my favorite part of like Matt's arc was like kind of figuring out that he, maybe he would work okay as a team. Cause Daredevil such like that Batman kind of solitary, like I'm just going to yeah. off be brooding on a rooftop somewhere by myself and like getting into a team dynamic is something that he kind of shies away from a lot. So. And just his hesitancy to, to don the costume again was, uh, was good. Like yeah. you could see, you know, that he was really questioning, like, did I actually do any good as Daredevil kind of thing? Or should I, uh, should I just back off on it forever? Yeah. I will say that uh, there were a lot of good chances for and good uh, opportunities taken for hero on hero fights, which Mark will attest is always a key of any team story crossover. Yeah, any crossover absolutely. story. I did like that it was always somebody fighting Iron Fist. Yeah, that was kind of like the central thing. Was like, yeah. well, he is—he's the petulant little fucking brat, right? So, <laughs> yeah, but there was like a little hint at like in the Royal Dragon episode at like Matt and Luke maybe getting into it, but they kind of sidestep it. Yeah, because that's totally mismatched. Like, there's nothing that yeah Matt can do to to Luke. No, yeah, but like I like that they have like first they have Luke and Iron Fist get into it a little bit mm-hmm. in their kind of introductory bit, like where they first meet each other. And then that was one of the things I, I'd written down in my notes was the fight between Daredevil and Iron Fist yeah. in the warehouse yeah. was one of my, was probably my favorite fight scene in the whole thing. Cause it's just like a one off, like one-on-one, like almost Mortal Kombat-y kind of side scrolly fight kind of thing. Yeah. And then Jessica um, gets in on it and then fucking yeah. Luke, and then Luke gets, gets second taste it. of the Iron Fist and they all go fucking yeah. flying. Yeah. But I did like that for the most part, Matt held his own. Like he yeah. kind of beat the shit out of him. And like he really took it to him a little bit until he powers up. And that was yeah. kind of like the only way he could evenly fight or like take down Daredevil was to be like to actually use to power up. Thing. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I like that. It was kind of a um, it was a little it was almost meta at that point where it was like having kind of the favorite character, I guess, arguably like out of all of them, that's he, Matt, like Daredevil's like kind of the leader and like the favorite out of everybody. Like that's kind of the, arguably the best show of the bunch. Mm-hmm. Having him beat the shit out of the kid that everybody's kind of been bitching about the whole time. I thought that was kind of a neat little, maybe a little in joke. Yeah. From yeah. like the production staff to the fans to be like, yeah, we heard you. We're going to have the guy you like beat the shit out of the guy. You <laughs> for a couple kind of thing. Yeah. I thought that was good. Yeah. Um, I have a quick list of some of like my favorite moments from the season that we haven't touched on yet. Uh, one was the moment when uh, Luke just breaks the handcuffs and crumples them up and hands them to the warden. That yep. was awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which is followed up closely by like re- us being reintroduced to Foggy too. Like Foggy's like badass corporate lawyer self, which I thought was kind of nice. Like yeah, him showing up and being super professional was kind of interesting to me. Yeah the look that the hand gets when they learn that daredevil's back that kind of became like memeified this past week where like they're that's true yeah they, they just like all are just like oh shit when they find well out. he's the guy who's doing the most damage to them right yeah. that makes a lot of sense to me so also related to daredevil uh i really like the moment when matt defends the looters from the pawn shop owners with the gun instead of going after yeah. the looters because he's like come on they're just kids the 
all well all they took is a fucking tv there's no reason to try and like fucking end their lives because they're running away they're not going to cause you any harm so you know he just fucking takes them out and takes the guns uh away from them kind of thing um i thought that that was that was a really good moment for matt's character yeah because i like that too because you see him hesitating too like he doesn't want to get involved but he kind of like is forced to get involved because it's escalating to Mm -hmm. a point that's more than it should so he he, just has to get involved so yeah when black sky is choosing her weapons for the first time and she walks straight past the size which were Electra's weapon of choice i thought that was a nice little nod although it's also the weapon that killed her too so like that's why she kind of hesitates because they show the wound where it's like the three prongs kind of thing yeah so i they she goes to them eventually to kill alexandra but it takes her a while to kind of build up to that point because she you see her look at them and be like I'm not ready to deal with those yet and yep. kind of keeps moving. Yeah. Mark, you mentioned your favorite uh, fight scene of the series. Mine was definitely the boardroom fight where they all meet up together for the first time. The Rand Enterprises yeah. fight. I thought that was really yeah. good uh, and a really nice way to bring them all together, especially like Jessica just takes the elevator and Matt fucking like runs up all those stairs. Runs up the stairs. Yeah. Does, he does his parkour thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also yeah. like um, that it's another hallway fight. Yeah. Like that's it seems to be like the uh, the Netflix hallmark um quote hallmark <laughs> yeah. is to like oh yeah quote unquote is <laughs> to have like a hallway fight yeah exactly pun intended um I'll, I'll throw that in there in audio too underneath you for, <laughs> just for whatever but like to have that like again we're gonna do like oh we we've done a hallway and we've done a staircase and another hallway and I think Luke Cage has that like kind of a, a hallway fight when he invades that one place yeah like, he steals all the money and picks up the and, the door and yeah. Yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, so they've all kind of had like a hallway fight. I think that was kind of interesting to like have them all get together for the first time and fight together, and it again be in a hallway and, like that's. And you look at that. We were talking about color earlier as well. Like in that scene, everything is just whitewashed, right? Like none of the characters yeah, exactly. have their own colors or anything. They're all coming into sort of a shared space, and so it, the the color becomes sort of much more neutral. Yeah. Um, well, arguably, white white in additive color or in subtractive color would be. Well, all yeah, the colors depend- blend together. Exactly. So. Depends if you're talking about light or pigment. Yeah, Very light, light or pigment. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, the last one that I'll mention is the uh, the moment when Matt plays the Daredevil theme on the piano to find the oh, blue. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a nice little nice little touch. Homage. Yeah, nice little homage. Yeah. I didn't recognize it. Mark was like, "Do you hear that?" And I was like, "What?" He was like, "That's the Daredevil theme." I was like, "Yeah." Yeah. Um. And I did, I did obviously overall enjoy the season, but I did have a couple of gripes that we haven't mentioned yet. One is the whole like Electra's still in there. I know it. We love each other. That was yeah. a little fucking tropey for me and predictable. Um, even I understand it. Probably, I uh, Mark, you have to back me up on this. It was taken from like the original Black Sky storyline, right? Well, it's not. I don't think it's called Black Sky in the comic. I have to go read. Uh, well, her Born soul again. was split in two. again. Yeah. Yeah, the Electra thing is to say Electra's backstory is confusing is to undersell it. <laughs> and this is comic book confusing. Yeah. <laughs> it's also a Frank Miller story, which is going to be kind of disjointed yeah. to begin with. And they um, always end up getting retconned. Yeah. Well, he, her stuff, especially, she's uh, a character that's notoriously been retconned a lot, a lot. Retconned? Retroactive continuity, where they go back and like rewrite bits of pieces of history to suit the story that they're trying to tell mm-hmm. in the modern point kind of thing 
But uh, so. yeah, I mean, I, that's just a trope that I've seen so many fucking times. And mm-hmm. I, like I said earlier, I'm looking at these shows to give me something new, something I haven't seen before. And when I saw that, I was just like, oh, that's how this is going to go. Like, I would have loved to have seen Black Sky, like fucking stick to her guns, like no hint of Electra left, like her actually be the blank canvas uh the or yeah. blank vessel or whatever empty vessel that they were promised and then matt having to reconcile that and kill her knowing that there's no hint of electra left in her or something along those lines they still got to do the bullseye arc where he kills her so i'm assuming that will be season three mm. we'll talk about that later yeah. though are they bringing back bullseye? matt murdoch has sh- matt murdoch has shitty fucking taste in beer his fucking amp wait, still wait, light wait. in his fridge <laughs> what did he say <laughs> <Is> what <laughs> Amstel Light in his goddamn fridge. It's like the only thing. Well, they make a joke about that. He doesn't have Braille on it. He can't tell what he's buying. But he knows what he's ordering (laughs) when he asks the guy to pick it up. (laughs) Also, um, they make a joke about that in one of the Daredevil seasons where when Stick first shows up and walks in, he's like, you still got this this beer tastes like this or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might have been Heineken at that point, not uh, Amstel Light. I think it was. I want to say it was Bex, but it might have been Heineken. What did you say, though, Mark? You were saying something? Oh, um, about uh, are they bringing uh, Daredevil for the third season? Uh, not Daredevil, uh, Bullseye. That's the rumor going around. There's not much, yeah, not much has been reported on it yet. Not much has been said about it, yeah. yeah. And then the only other major gripe I had was the that whole like thing with uh, Danny and Colleen and the Katana subplot. That that was the only subplot that felt a little bit like contrived and shoehorned for me. Uh, was just sort of like random and never really went anywhere kind of thing. I mean, it obviously led them to the um, all the dead members of the chase, but it was kind of weird and just kind of fizzled out. And All right. Is that all your stuff? Yep. That's all my notes. <laughs> got everything Sorry, guys. I'm, I'm fading. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll close really? out. <laughs> you? Yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're wrapping up. <laughs> so I guess at this point, what if you were, let's, let's number grade it and then we'll call it a night. So let's mm-hmm. go around the table. The virtual table, I guess. And starting with Christy, mm. what is, what's your overall while you're still awake? Oh, I'd give say me a number a, out of 10. Seven, a seven, seven point five. Okay. Yeah, I thought it was like a solid show, but it could have. I, I feel like the last few episodes were rushed. Um, I don't know why. And uh, I think that the Marvel shows need to need to get back into a, a better rhythm. I'll say that. Right. That's what. That's what I got. That's what I gotta say. Is it? Other mark. Uh, yeah. I'd say a solid seven. Um, inconsistent, right? Like, yep. It's inconsistent, and they—they're all starting to feel like the same show now. <laughs> <laughs> like the Iron Fist and Daredevil season two and Land of Luke Cage, they all felt very similar. Um, in terms of how they tried to structure everything. And then Defenders was more of the same, but Defenders was still a little bit better um, because there's a little bit better variety with the characters, and I think that's what really held up with the show. Cool, mm. Tim. Uh, I'll go. I'll be a little more generous. I'll go like eight, maybe eight and a half out of ten. Uh, I agree there were some inconsistencies, but overall, I thought it was just a really fucking fun romp, uh, which is generally what I look for in team up kind of stories, anyways. Um, I thought they nailed the team dynamic overall, uh, but yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoyed watching it and I'm enjoying rewatching it the second time right now. I'm on the second to last episode right now. Uh, so I guess I'll, once I get through that, I'll see if I agree with Mark and Chrissy that it is the uh, weakest episode or episode of the season. 
but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to more. I'm looking forward to seeing Misty's bionic arm. Yeah. Yep. And given given the fucking source of the substance, I'm I'm hoping that we get a fucking Fin Fang Foom in this universe. Who? <laughs> Agreed. I'll take it. I'm in for Fing Fang Foom, man. Fin Fang Foom is uh is the best known uh Marvel dragon. Uh since oh. since that's heavily implied what the source of the substance is, is those dragon bones that they find. I, I uh okay. So I will similarly say like I'm gonna probably eight point five is probably around where I'll sit with this too. There's some stuff that I, I definitely think they could have tightened up in spots, but I think overall I think there's a general sense where like everybody's expecting this to be more than it is. It's an eight episode team up. I think this is kind of the Avengers of these shows. So like, and I think I've commented on this on the Facebook page where people were like, well, I hope all this character development stuff. I'm like, that's not really, I think they did more of the character development stuff than they necessarily had to in this show. I would have been fine if it had just been like eight hours of ninja fighting (laughs) and some snark. Like I was, that's what I wanted from it. And I got most of what I wanted from it out of it. Plus I also got Danny Rand bitch slapped enough that it feels <laughs> like they're gonna get his character straight going forward so i think that's kind of a big thing um, beat into him yeah a little bit i think that's what they kind of needed to do at this point yeah. is like and i like the fact that like at the end we didn't talk about this at all like i like the fact that at the end he's the one who takes daredevil's like defend the city kind of thing to heart and starts to go out into the city as a vigilante and like do daredevil stuff kind of thing like that's what it seems to be like that's where iron fist will be going in the next season mm-hmm. hopefully he'll adopt a more iron fisty costume yeah um like for real and like go with the bandana and stuff like that like that would make me really happy as a fan of the character and stuff yeah i don't know i think that's i think that pretty much says it all i think this is like i don't know do you guys have like where, where would you put it in your like kind of how would you rank the shows at this point I think I would put it uh, somewhere around Daredevil season two. I, I'm not sure whether I would put it higher or lower than Daredevil season two, but uh, I think I would probably put it above uh, Iron Fist and definitely above Iron Fist and probably above Luke Cage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm about same. the same. I might even put it a little bit higher than Daredevil season two. Nah. Oh, no. You know what? No. Because fucking Daredevil season two had all that awesome Punisher shit, shit at the beginning of it, which that was, was just like so goddamn good. Yeah, it was really good. Um, <laughs> They're they're vying so. they're 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 neck and neck I would say yeah, yeah. Okay, for that makes me sense. for me it would be um Daredevil all of Daredevil and Jessica Jones kind of like up there and then I'd say Defenders is like on par with the first half of Luke Cage yeah okay so I'd like I always leaned like the first half of Luke Cage was probably as good as any of the other shows had been at any point yep but then they shit the bed yeah so <laughs> oh they shit Seriously. the bed hard <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which we've been over at length, so <laughs> ad nauseum. Yeah. All right, well, we're we're getting a little this we're getting a little long in the tooth here, so let's uh, let's call this one a night. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, you can let us know what your thoughts about the defenders are on our Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast. Our Twitter's at drd underscore podcast, or you can shoot us an email with your thoughts at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. I think I got all those right. Mm-hmm. You can find us on all your podcatching services wherever. Um, again, thanks for listening. I'm Mark. I'm here with other Mark. Say goodnight. Goodnight. Christy. Yeah, good night. Christy's falling asleep on us again. Yep. I've been up since five. <laughs> and Tim. Good night, Ironclad. Iron uh, It's Iron Fist. I know. Oh, so embarrassing. Jessica Jones, get out of here. <laughs> so much hate all of a sudden. All right. Good night, guys. Good night. Bye.